I think I have a cold. What is wrong with your cold? Oh no, man, my throat just kind of hurts. What? What's changed? Are you like, oh no, my throat's kind of itchy. Do I sound weird to you? No. Sound pretty normal. <coughs> oh, dude, I feel so much better now. What? Welcome to the Good Time Sports Podcast. My name is Andrew. Man, we we got a new soundboard here in the studio, and uh, we have a lot of effects that we're going to start using now. And we? That's all you, bud. That's all me, but this is incredible. But <clears throat> I think I feel better. I think my cold's gone away. How are you? I don't know. Depending on what button you press, <laughs> I may be feeling a certain type of way. <laughs> So right now, I think I'm okay, but we'll see how the show goes. Oh, God, dude. Welcome to episode 24. Uh, It was a beautiful day outside today, Um, and sports have been beautiful lately. Um, It's March. It is. You know what that means? Basketball. March Madness, baby. Very excited to talk about some March Madness, but... Uh, we got plenty, 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 plenty to talk about today. We have the NHL, the NBA, the MLB, F1, the XFL slash NFL. Cool things going on over there. And finally, college basketball. My favorite thing to talk about in March. Favorite thing to watch in March. There, there might not be a better sporting event in all of sports, honestly, than March Madness. Hot take. What? No, I'm just saying that's... Hot take. I mean, you wouldn't you plant your your flag there? That's a hot. Oh, take. I thought you were saying. I mean, it's definitely the best tournament other than the World Cup. But let's just let's just go on. No, I want to know what your favorite. What is your favorite? What do you think is the best? The best. Well, sporting I mean, event in the world. So the World Cup is obviously yeah, up there. That's number one. That's one. Um, March Madness is up there, but I think it almost is like too too one and dunny. Like, there's no advantage to getting a one or a high seed at all because of the strategy. I mean, yes, you do get to play lower teams. Low major schools. No, that's what I'm saying. But even then, it's like, again, it's still like the one and done factor. Like, even in baseball, right? Like, they have the buys. The NFL, you the first overall. Shut up. Overrated. Overrated. I'll say it. Wow. Colin. Yeah, very I cannot believe. Wow. I'm glad I caught that button on time. Wow. Thanks, man. I'm going to take over that. You're fu- First of all, <laughs> you're going to be fired next week with the way this, this show's going. Like, he's going to be Brennan in there. He's going to use the same joke, and I'll have to do this all over again. Just show up on a week- weekly basis. I hate you. Are you Are you angry? Is little Colin angry? No. No, I'm not. But you know who is angry? Andrew. And you want to know why? Wow. You can wow. press a button. Wow. That is crazy. Wow. Hey, Colin. 
Listen. Hey, you know who's? Hey, you know what? <laughs> hey, you know what's crazy? This the Dallas Stars are no longer pocket. on top of the Western Conference. <laughs> they stink. What they stink? They stink. Vegas Golden Knights, Los Angeles Kings. Look at this: Carolina Hurricanes, Boston Bruins, Toronto Maple Leafs, New Jersey Devils. What are you like sixth, seventh in the NHL? Oh my goodness. Oh, let's get into sports instead of Andrew's nonsense. <laughs> oh, my God. No wonder this podcast is going off the rails. I don't know who I'm dealing with on a weekly basis anymore. <laughs> That's true. Colin's been the only, like, I'm just like, here. good God, guys. This Come on now. Uh, no. now, I gotta, now I have to deal with this, and I'm never on that side of the table either. Oh, it's just this is, this is how I get treated. Look, S- man. Still don't have a key. <laughs> there's always... Uh, things changing throughout every season of a long season in the stars. There's no doubt that they're losing skid didn't help. Um, but I think that the trades that they made uh, are going to be extremely helpful acquiring the Donov and Domi. Um, Domi's first game as a Dallas star uh, post trade. So first post dead. I can't talk. That was no filter. I can't talk. It's the allergies. I don't know what's going on. But (laughs) the first post trade deadline stars game, they blew the Colorado Avalanche out of the water. They scored a tutty, seven to three, and those last two goals came late, late in a game when the stars were like, "Okay, we're winning. Like nothing's going to change." It was seven to one most of the game. So, or six to one, and we got an empty netter. But it's there's there's potential for the stars, obviously, to bounce back, and that's kind of what you have to prove. Every team takes their hits, but I mean, also shout out to the other teams that are taking advantage of the number one team losing in Vegas and the Kings um, in the West, particularly. But don't look out now, but the Wild are coming through too. The Wild are coming through, but <clears throat> they're a game. They're three points back with a game in hand on Dallas. So it's true. We may be having a different conversation when we're talking here next week. If the stars uh, don't no, shape up, it's true. I mean, I, there's a lot of things that need to be figured out, and as a team, you have to figure out. Okay, well, what's next? I mean, but at the end of the day, the West is just extremely competitive right now. I mean, you have the Kings and the Knights tied at 82 points, and the Stars at 81 uh, with both the Kraken and the Minnesota Wild at 78. You want to hear, because I was I was a little harsh partly because of Andrew's little BS he was going on with over there. Um, do you want me to say something nice about the Stars? Actually. Okay. Did you say something? I was going to. I was actually going to give the Stars a compliment. But I'm kidding. Go ahead. No, I don't know. I, I, I need you to put both hands up. <laughs> both hands up <laughs> before I talk. Um, the Stars... No longer the only ones with the most overtime losses. They're now tied for first with the Calgary no, Flames. No. So it's not just them anymore. Dude, you get the Stars to overtime and it's... that's I I have to ask Stars fans now. I'm like, am I allowed to use the O word around you? No. Okay. Well, I don't care. Go ahead and say it. Oh, <laughs> overtime. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well, you didn't expect that second one, did you? <laughs> didn't expect it. We beat the system. <laughs> you just got to say it twice. Oh, it's not working for me. Overtime. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
over. As long as we don't get the time in there. <laughs> just a long pause. Just, yeah, just long. over. <laughs> I just bleeped the sniffle. <laughs> did you as just sniffle? Sniffle. <laughs> what did we give him? What did we give him? Why did we give him this much dude, power? Shout out soundboards. Uh, this is insane. <clears throat> you get a but, new soundboard and I still can't get a key. That's unbelievable. <laughs> dude, I work here. Okay. I do too. More than you oh on this God. podcast stuff. Anyways, isn't the sound quality on this thing like nuts? It's crazy. It's ridiculously clear. Yes. And I hate the sound of my voice. Even more now. Which version? Uh, This one. This one. And this one. Those are the only three we have. <laughs> I like that first voice. <laughs> I mean, we have this one as well. Oh, that's creepy. Wait, do that again. Get down. Okay, whoa. Run. <laughs> that's okay. They're not, coming. Was not expecting you to take it. They're coming. The world is coming to an end as you know it. You mean the Bruins are coming? The Bruins are a monster. It's pretty nuts. I don't even know when to talk now. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Bruins are as scary as that voice Andrew just used because they are. It's called monster, so monster. Okay, yeah, to be touche. Uh, Thirteen points ahead of the nearest Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> they legitimately couldn't break the record for the like most points in an NHL season. They nearly had a hundred points by the beginning of March. Yeah. They missed it by like two days. Yeah. Insane. And now ten, they're at 103. Ten with a whopping 105 goal differential. Wow. That's almost 50 Second more. Second in the NHL is the Stars at 57. And the Hurricanes. And the Hurricanes. Sorry. Hurricanes at 57. How about to say? I don't think the Stars. I thought the Stars had a lot. Never mind. Never mind. Holy. Uh, yeah. Bruins still good. Got to respect the Maple Leafs. Um, I know in their last 10. So, again... They, and like, I'm, lose a game and then just go on win streaks. Correct, because you're more of a hockey buff than me. The Maple Leafs are a team that traditionally doesn't do well. In they're the, the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. Wow, that far. Yes. I was just going to say they just had some... No, they're actually probably worse than the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. Okay. Can we really stick it that far? Yes. How many uh, Stanley Cups have they won? <laughs> I, just, I didn't know if you knew that on the spot. I didn't mean to actually like just throw that on you. Um, um okay. <laughs> Do you want me to look it up? Or um, okay, okay. He didn't even use a sound effect. That's how I know he's taking it seriously. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that was nuts. Yeah, that was. Um, meanwhile, Tampa Bay is also in contention, but not for the division title, obviously, but got to respect them as multiple-time Stanley Cup winner in the last few years. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, as Andrew correctly predicted, are going to be a contender. The Leafs have won, won a lot more Cups than the Cowboys have. How many Cups? 13. That's significant. Yeah. But, like, in recent memory, they haven't... Yeah, so they're worse than the Cowboys. So what's their drought? Because I, I was reading somewhere, I heard something... That like their drought was like, I don't because I feel like they 
again, I don't pay attention to hockey, but I heard that they've like they're one of those teams that a lot of NHL fans will make fun of come postseason time. Oh yeah. But I just I don't know the history of it, so I don't want to like misquote anything. The Toronto Leafs haven't won a playoff series in 17 years. They haven't won a playoff series <coughs> in 17 years? Yeah. Oh, so they'll be the new ones that hold the record after the... Um, They're holding the, the records. Well, not... Well, this uh, is the NHL. Yeah, the after NHL the Kings record. this year. Yeah, because after the Kings break theirs, which is 18, ironically. Yeah. So then we'll be the Maple. Yeah. Okay. Unless the Leafs won one this year. This is true. As well. Touche. It depends who comes first. I don't know. Depending on the draw, they might... <sighs> That'll be tough. But yeah. yeah, I didn't mean to. For any Toronto Maple Leafs fans listening in, no, I didn't want to. You. <laughs> I didn't even want to bleep that. If you're a Leafs fan, <laughs> you. Fair enough. Um, Devil's still deviling, I guess. Deviling. Deviling. Uh, New York Rangers, sneaky. <clears throat> the Rangers are a very sneaky team this year. They, after their off season that they had, they were supposed to come in as probably the most competitive team in the league. They traded for Patrick Kane. I'll be like, Brendan, during Formula One, I'm just going to spit a fact at you and pretend I know everything they about the sport. did trade for Patrick Kane. Good job. <laughs> I hope Brendan catches I'm that. Because he, Brendan literally just, like made two points about F1 and then didn't say anything. He's like, I contributed to F1. So that's my contribu- contribution. I mean, to- you've already contributed more than that, obviously. <laughs> well, you know, touche. Brendan doesn't know the F1 culture, man. Which we cannot wait to get into later. We absolutely cannot wait. But nonetheless, the NHL is <clears throat> is really competitive this year, other than Boston. If you look at any team other than Boston, the rest of the league is just a big whirlpool of who the f- is going to win the Stanley Cup. Let me ask you, because we just brought up the trades, and you, obviously you talked about the Stars trades. Try to put as much bias as you can aside. Who made the biggest move at the trade deadline for the NHL, in your opinion? The Devils. Okay. And the Devils obviously made a move that could really help them push for the Metropolitan. I definitely think the Devils had the biggest trade because of Timo Meyer. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So... I mean, it's just an incredible talent to bring onto your team. Do you think this pushes them... I don't want to. I don't want to ever cross the line and say Boston level. Well, the problem is Boston got better too. Like they're probably number two for me in, in terms of move instead of like the trade winners and losers. But because Boston's already so good, it's just it's it's ridiculous. It, it just doesn't make sense. Realistically, like you heard the old um, Moses Malone fo fo fo, like trying to win four zero four zero four four zero is or. I said four way too many times there. Yeah. Um, but Boston, could they realistically have a pretty dominant postseason in your estimation? Or is that just out of the realm of expectation in the world of hockey? Boston? No, I'm just saying, like, could they realistically lose no more than a game or two in a series? <clears throat> or dare I say even go undefeated in the postseason? Or is that just not in the sport? If there's a team that can do it, it's going to be Boston. Okay. This year's Boston is the equivalent of the record-setting Warriors. Okay. Essentially. Touche. So. All right. Which is crazy because they blew a 3-0 lead or 3-1 lead. But Yep, they did. They did indeed. But they, <laughs> so they then, stepped easily through the playoffs to get there. So then who's the 
It was LeBron James in the West. In the <laughs> NHL. Who's going to just throw in this jug or not? Is my question. Dude, it really could be anybody. I mean, you're supposed to say the Dallas Stars. I was perfectly setting you up for the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm not trying to be biased. The Stars okay. have stuff to figure out, clearly. And it's, I mean, it'll take us into our next topic. It's like, we don't know if they're going to gel yet. Touche. The next topic being the NBA. I don't know if Kyrie and Luke are going to gel yet. <clears throat> I think they will. I think they'll be fine. But um, point being, I don't know. If I had to choose a team in the West that's going to take down Boston. You can see the, the, I mean, it's hard not to say the Stars. Because the Stars have been so dominant all season in the West. I I want to say the Stars on like as unbiased as I can. Okay. Because. I mean, if they were like. Fifth in the conference, I'd be looking at you sideways, but they've been first for the most part. They've been first for the most part, and they're only a point out of first still. Yeah. After after losing, what was it, five games straight? Uh, you know how hard it is to stay yeah. one point out of first place after losing five straight games? That's how ahead they were for so long in the West. Not Boston ahead, but still. No, not Boston <laughs> ahead, but in the yeah. West, they right. clearly are probably the best team and the, with the best chance to take down Boston. I mean, and they were competitive in their game against Boston as well. I mean, we only have a very small <laughs> sample size here, and that game went to overtime. We know how overtime goes. It's true. So if every time, if every game in a Stanley Cup series goes to overtime between the Stars and the Bruins, we're getting swept. But for the most part, I agree. Yeah, it's I don't know. Anything else you want to say say in the world of hockey? No. You want to talk about some basketball? I do want to talk about Luke and Kyrie really, really bad. You're the, uh... And that's what I have to say about Luke and Kyrie. <laughs> Are we just transitioning to that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the... <laughs> um. All right. Uh, no, it's frustrating. Um, go ahead. Because Luke and Kyrie... So everyone's talking about how they don't know if... Luca and Kyrie are going to gel. I think they're gelling. I think they're gelling fine. I think their chemistry is okay. I think that they play well off of each other. I think that Kyrie being on the Dallas Mavericks is allowing Luca to play a little more off the ball, and he has been. It's become very evident. And Luca is also playing a little bit harder on defense. Mm-hmm. The only problem is we keep running into the same issue with the Dallas Mavericks. First off, defense is awful there's no rim protection there is zero rim protection and i don't know why dwight powell is still our starting center i we i was talking about i was sitting in the press box for sunday's game and i was asking one of the radio guys and he brought the point that um why doesn't javel mcgee get any more minutes that's what i'm saying like because at, at, at dwight powell he's great defending the pick and roll he obviously has the lob chemistry with luca and he's more of a fluid big, which he can laterally move and everything. But we don't need that anymore. I mean, yeah. It's like you have Christian Wood. We don't need that anymore. You can throw in McGee. I mean, like, I understand that not one big is going to solve all your issues. But I, the, but, the commitment to White Powell is maddening. But at least now we're not relying on McGee for points. And I, I don't care if McGee is putting up goose eggs. I, as long as he's protecting the paint. I just They're seeing something in practice, I bet, that... 
It's got to be. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be. Or maybe he's injured that they don't want to bring up or something. I don't know. Can I, can I also bring up something, too? <clears throat> yeah. So, like I said, I was at the game Sunday, and I, I talked to Kevin Durant after the game, and I asked him how, you know, even a short time where he has been in Phoenix, I asked him about the leadership with Monty Williams, uh, Chris Paul, and, you know, Devin Booker himself, everything. And he had a really great quote in which um, he said, leadership is a group effort, meaning yeah. that, you know, it's all coming in, buying in, you know, talking on the bench, everything, communication, everything. With all these moving parts that have come in for the Mavericks, it really forces A, Luca, obviously, yeah, but also Jason Kidd to kind of just really just bring these guys together and make sure everyone's on the same page. And too many times I just see miscommunication on back cuts, um, you know, and obviously Kyrie and Luca are working on the communication on offense, but like offensive where everybody's not on the same link wavelength. And I just think the Mavericks need more time to gel. They went through a pretty tough stretch when Kyrie got there. Not that it's going to get any easier. I mean, they do have the jazz tonight, but I mean, obviously, they just played the Suns. They beat a. They had a really impressive win against the 76ers last week. Yeah. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, I don't care what anybody says. And look, a Suns game, the Suns loss isn't one that really disappoints me. Uh, it was a very winnable game for the Mavericks, but the Suns are also a very incredibly yeah. competitive team there with Kevin lot, Durant. There are a lot of people's pick to come out of the West. And you played them to the buzzer. I yeah. mean, it's not... That game was back and forth. That's one of the better basketball games I've seen all season. Which, by the way, so I, I know everyone's talking about the Luka miss and everything. He What a push-off, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry. He, I forget if it was either a Kogi or Craig that was guarding him. Luka, <laughs> I love Luka and everything, but yeah. he he got away with one there. So, But obviously, and then the whole thing with Booker happened. Yeah, but. Evan Booker. <laughs> Evan Booker with every bone in my body. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Um, uh, Devin Booker is the biggest little crybaby in the NBA. <laughs> I love that you have that thing now. But no, but getting back to it, so like the Lakers, I know that they we don't love the fact that they blew a 27-point lead. But they've also played like the Nuggets. The Timberwolves are a tough out. The Kings, like it hasn't been easy since Kyrie's gotten there. And then now hopefully, you know, with more time to gel, they'll kind of put together a string of wins. And the points are there for both of them. Yes, Oh, they, they dropped 40 apiece the other night against Philly. Yeah, and so my my whole point is I don't think that the chemistry is off between Luke and Kyrie. No. We just need the role players to play their role. Well, you have to fill And that's the, been the Mavericks' problem the last five years. Well, the thing is they now had to build on the fly a roster that fits with Kyrie and Luka because yeah. obviously you're going to get most of your op offensive production from those two. And don't get me wrong, they have pieces, especially on the wing, like Josh Green's really stepped up. I really like the holiday signing. Uh, oh, I love the holiday signing. Yeah. I and, think that was a great, great signing. And Maxi being back is huge, too. Yeah, but, I think we win that game against the Suns if Maxi's playing. Maybe. I I think DeAndre Ayton, no matter what, was going to get 15 rebounds. No, Regardless. He he was an absolute... He didn't score a lot. I, I'm but, not talking about on... The offensive end, I think we were fine offensively. No, that's what I'm saying. On the defense, like him trying to box out Aiden, I think would have been a problem. It would have been a problem, but Maxi's also better defending oh, yeah. further out on the court than yes. Yes. Dwight Powell is. So I get it. But I mean, look, we'll never know because that's obviously a very hard question to. Um, I would love because I want to see more 
time of I want to see more minutes of Justin Holiday and Maxi playing together. Uh, Kleba is supposed to play tonight against I the know. Jazz. So yeah. well, I'm just letting them know. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, so okay. And look, the Ma- the thing, the good thing about the Mavericks too, and their situation is the West because it's so congested. They can literally go from like fourth to seventh where they are yeah, now. We have eighth. 17 games left. Like who said you can't go on a run? Exactly. Right. Which is it's really hard to predict matchups, but. It matchups is. are what's going to potentially come down to one team making the Western Conference Finals and another team getting bounced the first round. Yeah. Because... Especially in the West. If the Mavericks... If they had kept sixth and they played the Kings in the first round. Yeah. And let's say they played the two-seed, the Grizzlies, with all the stuff that they're going on with. Yeah, it's completely different stories. It's a pretty easy, you know, potential route, again, to get in the Western Conference Finals. But if they have to play, let's say, the Suns or the Nuggets, that could propose a different bit of problems so yeah i mean look at the end of the day uh i think luke and Kyrie are are fine i think they're going to be just fine moving forward uh the the what the maps have to figure out is building the rest of the team around them what rotation works who needs to play when and christian wood needs to start the damn basketball game i here's here's one thing i'll say about that is because they really do trust they're trying to build up the Kyrie. Christian Wood coming off the bench and everything so that Kyrie doesn't have to. I like the rotation. Yeah. Because you always have two of what would be considered your three biggest stars on the court. But what I was getting to was is I'd rather have Christian Wood finish the game than I'd rather have. Same. Okay, you know what? Yes. I'd rather Christian Wood finish than start. Why is Christian Wood not on in the closing minutes of a game when you need points? If you're up by 10 and your goal is to keep them from scoring, fine. Bench Christian Wood. Because I, I think a lineup, I mean, again, depending on who they're playing, but a lineup of Kleba, Wood, Doncic, Irving, obviously, and then maybe throw in like a Holiday or a Green. That's, that's my ideal lineup. Yeah. It's either Holiday or Green, Maxi, Wood, yeah. Luca, Kyrie. I just, I'd say, hey, let's throw it out on the court. Let's see what happens. Why not? Because I, Kyrie's I'm, giving you enough defense. Yeah. I'm okay with Powell. If you're going to play him, I'd rather him get the early minutes, get those quick, like, you know how the Warriors, sometimes they wouldn't start with a death line if they put in, yes. like, an Andrew Bogan yes. or a yes. Pachulia or whatever. Yeah. Like, if that's the ma- the route Mavericks want to go, start that's him, fine with but me. don't finish. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Um, are we allowed to talk about any other Western teams? No, I, I <laughs> you brought up a good point that I wanted to talk about. Okay. I mean, that's the thing. It's right, at least this week, Yeah. Uh, that Suns-Mavs game was... Probably the biggest game on TV. It was. Um, but we need to talk about Jaw. We need to talk about Memphis. Because the Grizzlies have quickly become, I think, one of the most hateable teams in the NBA. I brought it up because you weren't here last week. I was talking about it with Brennan. Um, my finals was Milwaukee defeating Memphis. Yeah. I'm courage of my conviction, like, standing on it. Like, I... You know, at the time they were both the two seed, so I was like, "Listen, I I still trust Milwaukee, but Memphis. If I had the choice to back out, I probably you know." And based on the jaw situation, I think I would have a fair right to kind of sit there and be like, "Hey, you can't really blame me for not being all in on Memphis right now because I'm at a confidence level. I'm about as low as I've been all season yeah. with this team." Uh, shout out to Coach Jenkins because he he's through trying, all man. this, he's coaching his butt off yeah and, the, the, and memphis is still somewhat winning games I yeah mean, they're not they're, they are hanging on to that two seed and i think they're gonna fall and depending on how severe the investigation goes or how the findings of the investigation go 
it could drastically affect. I mean, John Morant the, could very well be suspended for like 50, 50 games, 50 plus, games. 50 plus games. Yeah. Depending on the information they find. It's, uh, it's, it's nuts. So definitely going to keep an eye on that. And like I said, I, out of the sheer respect that of take integrity <laughs> that I have, that's the only reason I'm even considering holding on to it. But I have little to no confidence in Memphis right now. I, I just, I don't know how, because reports came out during this week, which you guys haven't even been able to talk about the jaw situation. I didn't want to get into it because I knew there was more that they were looking to get into. Like oh, last week? Yeah. Because yeah. like at that point... Well, the gun thing hadn't happened yet. Yes, the gun because the Instagram live thing didn't happen and until after they lost to Denver. I think it was right after the alleged um seventeen year old incident. Yeah. So I Which just, is also insane. Mm-hmm. John Morant was my favorite player coming out of college. I loved John Morant uh at um bleh, Murray State. Uh, his tournament run was one of my favorites. I mean, they didn't go too deep, but I was I was high on Jaw coming into the draft. I was watching him all season. He was just one of those. You know how you always find a player in the mid majors that you're like, that guy's a stud, easy like, to root for, easy to root for, yeah. great story. You know, and that was Jaw Morant for me. And dude, I was so happy watching him succeed in Memphis, um, but. I just I don't understand, and I and I, I'm not going to speak on it much because I I don't understand it. I don't know what it's like to be an NBA player and to live with the stress of being an NBA player. I mean that's got to be difficult, um, and I'm sure it does affect people mentally. And you know, mental health is extremely important. And I hope Jaw gets the help that he needs regarding all this because he needs it. He does, but yeah, you just lost the game to Denver. Who you're you're competing with for that one seed, which obviously looks like Denver is going to be the one seed heading into right. the playoffs. You did have a players only meeting. Led by Steven Adams. Led by Steven Adams, yep. one of the least problematic players in the NBA. If anything, he's the opposite. He's the enforcer slash ends confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. And You then, after this players-only meeting where Steven Adams spoke about leadership and on and off the court attitudes and impressions and uh, just anything having to do with, you know, PR essentially as a team, players-only. This isn't the brass of the Grizzlies coming in and saying this. This is the players themselves saying, hey, we have to be better. Yeah. The men down in the trenches with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Then you go to a club... Right after that loss in Denver. Allegedly. Alleged. Well, I mean, again, we don't know where he was, so I don't want to. Well, okay. Well, he was somewhere with very loud music and colorful lights uh, and a lot of people around uh, hanging out on Instagram Live after this loss in Denver and then flashes a gun on Instagram Live. And that has prompted a whole investigation by the NBA, by the Denver State Police, by the Colorado State Police and the Denver Police Department. Um, and this is following other allegations and alleged incidents uh, with John Morant. It it's it's crazy. Uh, the 
I haven't seen a downfall of a player and his PR this bad since. Do you, do you want me to, I don't know. Do you want me to kind of sit there in the first, because I, again, I was a, and listen, I still believe jaw through rehabilitation and everything could become the best version of himself. I and, agree. And become anyone can a very successful player. So I'm not saying this as if it's done or anything, no, but I, obviously I he's currently going through a situation. So I want to be sensitive to that. Yeah. I've, you know, been a fan of jaw now for his whole career as well. I mean, you talked about his Murray State run. Um, he obviously, coming out of that draft, him and Zion, um, they're always going to be compared to each other. <clears throat> and up to this point, I mean, it really looked like Jaw had taken the leap to stardom that people thought Zion was going to leap to. Right. The first kind of crack that I noticed in the armor, if you will, that I noticed is during this past offseason, there was this video that went viral and... Jaw went into this uh, establishment and there was this lovely waitress who I'm not going to speculate her age, but she was, she was definitely not like she was, you know, and somebody who was a waiter that obviously was working there trying to make ends meet from what it looks like. And, um, you know, just doing our hardest and everything. And again, I used to be a waiter. I totally understand everything that they go through and jaw left her a very nice tip and, you know, her reaction went viral and everything, but it's what he called himself that kind of, um, kind of struck me as odd yeah. in that moment. Um, I won't say it, but it's not like it's a curse word or anything. I just don't want to reference it, but he called himself something and I just, I was kind of like, that's okay. You know, that's, that's you. But it, like, it took me just kind of like, you're calling yourself that. I mean, that's a little self-indulgent. Like that's very, you know highly thinking of yourself but at the time you know he was doing something nice i'm like okay maybe he's just having tongue and like he's talking tongue in cheek like he's just having fun with it and you just kind of see you know throughout this year kind of the incidents that have happened and his his actions and the way he's responding to things you know the incident with shannon sharp uh the whole team that they had you know the uh i'm the finding the west i'm finding the west the um the incident uh, when they played the indiana pacers and the laser pointers and the alleged stuff behind that all this that has happened transpired throughout the season. And look, Memphis, Memphis is a beautiful place. I've, I've driven through Memphis. Memphis is a beautiful town. I've been, been to Beale Street and everything. But the fact of the matter is, is Beale Street, I don't know, I don't know if you know this, uh, Andrew, it's the third highest in terms of major cities in homicide rate Yep. Uh, in the United States, only behind Chicago and Detroit. Yeah. So look, I don't know what kind of crowd Jaws got himself into. I don't know what he's going through. Yeah, we're not making line. assumptions. No, but. no. I just all I want to say is I hope Jaw gets the help that he needs. I hope that he makes the right decisions in the future because he does have a very bright future for himself, his family, you know, his the city of Memphis, everything. And I just hope the best for that young man. I really do. I uh, Jalen Rose said something really cool, um, kind of when he was talking about this, just kind of speaking on that. You know, before you make the league, when you're playing college basketball, when you're playing in high school, you're just a, a part of the family. Uh, you, you know, do your business, you do what you got to do, you get where you got to be. Uh, but the second you make the league and you start getting paid, you are now the head of the family. You run the family, essentially. 
And he was, and, and he was referring to that. I don't mean to cut you off, but he was referring to that from coming up a certain way, living a certain way, and yeah. the responsibility that you have and that you are entrusted with. Right. As the person who made it out exactly. or the person who, you know, was lucky enough to make the league. Mm. Uh, and he says that. And I mean, yeah. And the, the amount of responsibility that's immediately put on you is it's gotta, it's gotta be heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's gotta be a very, very heavy weight. Uh, that you feel immediately. I mean, instantly. We are so. asking because Jaw. I don't know his age off the top of my head. I'm gonna look it up real quick. But Jaw is a man that's about to be making in the nine figures. Yes. Of his life, he's 23 years old. Yeah. You know, he some. I was watching a pundit this morning because of his shoe deal, because of his contract, because of his youth, because of the new NBA collective bargaining agreement. There is a very good chance that John Morant makes over a billion dollars in his career. Yep. If he stays healthy, knock on wood and everything. Yep. yep. Jaw is 23 years old, and he's already been given essentially the keys of the franchise. He's been given all this money, all this pressure and everything. Listen, I'm not going to come down hard on him in that respect because I know what I was like at 23. Yeah. I know the kind of person I was, and I didn't have this spotlight put on me. So, and rightfully, thankfully so. But... Look, Jaw, we hope you learn from the best from it, but it's, I think a lot of people are are being harsh, but they're being fair, and I hope that he takes time to listen to it and realizes that when so many people are po- pointing you a certain way, the least that you can do is at least consider what they're saying to you. Yep, I agree. Um, Couldn't have said it better. But moving on in the West, yeah. uh, Sacramento is absolutely going to break their playoff drought. Um the, I, arguably the best story in sports right now yeah. that's not being talked about to the level it should be. Oh, my God. The Sacramento Kings fans have been through the ringer. The thing, too, is like, do you remember at the beginning of the season when we were talking about like, oh, wow, look, the Kings are in second. The Kings are in third. We were like, oh, yeah, they'll eventually go back to where they Well, because we talked about the same as if like about the Jazz, yeah. the Trailblazers, yeah. uh, I even mean, the Pelicans. Yeah. <laughs> and look where they all are. Exactly. Like back where you would kind of expect them to be. Nope. Kings said, screw that. I am staying in the top four and I will happily, happily compete with the rest of the West. They are leading their division with the Phoenix Suns, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Warriors. Yeah. Like traditionally, like playoff bound and finals sometimes appearing teams. They are leading that division as of this current moment. That's a ridiculous division, but yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. And the fact that they're leading it with De'Aaron Fox. Also, the fact that the Clips aren't in that division is annoying. They're both they're both in LA. What do you want? It makes regionally sense. Wait. You said are the Clips in there? Yeah. They are. And the Lakers? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you didn't say I thought you didn't say the Clips. Okay. You and didn't say the Clips. I did say the Clips. Okay. Listen back. America. Anyways, go back. But no, De'Aaron Fox. Everyone. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter was an underrated pickup for them. Um, Malik Monk, his teammate, Demonis Sabonis, one of the... I, I love his game so much. Yeah. And listen, credit to Mike Brown. He's also one of those coaches that doesn't always get the respect that he deserves, and I think the Kings will wear that. Yeah. And while I may not have them going deep in the playoffs, 
they will be a tough test for anybody because they will they will they will get up and down yep. they will be active on defense and they're not afraid to drop you know 100 and what however many points they dropped in that double overtime clippers game a couple of weeks ago yeah <laughs> like they they can put the ball in the hoop so i love uh, everything about the kings yeah i mean but nonetheless the west is extremely competitive the warriors are getting healthy at the perfect time this happens every damn year the warriors just come out of left field after being somewhat hurt for a little bit they've they've done this without the majority of the season without curry and andrew wiggins yeah clay's had a rebound year draymond's back to draymond yep and the young guys are finally establishing the role they're gonna get gary payton back probably closer to postseason time yep they're listen they're defending champs i'm not riding them off for you know what nothing and yeah i would not want to play them in any round i yeah it's insane i mean phoenix can easily win the finals this year minnesota is balling out um let me let me ask you this. I think the West is wide open. Let me ask you this, since you brought that up. You gut feeling, being as unbiased as you can, who's winning the West? Like your first pick. First team that comes to my mind. Yes. You Denver. have to pick one. You're picking Denver. Yeah. I was not expecting you to go there, but okay. Playoff Jamal Murray. Uh congratulations. Uh <laughs> it's your second then. Second? Yeah. Unbiased. Phoenix. Okay. Third. Golden State. And then fourth, I'm assuming. The Mavs. Okay. That's kind of where I figured. I did not expect you to have Denver that high, but okay. Mine and yours are very similar, except I have Denver third. We talked about this the last time I recorded with you. Yeah. But it's been updated since then, because obviously yeah. all the trade stuff. But yeah. um, look, I I think Phoenix, rightfully so, should be the number one favorite team. Yeah. Uh. Because again, Kevin Durant's that much of a difference maker. Yeah. I'm Golden State too, but maybe look at him at a one A, one B. Yeah. Then Denver, because yeah. I need to see Jokic do it again with this group. And then I'll give respect to Luca and them because they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. And then the Clippers sneaky fifth. But look, it's the West is wide open. Yeah. But and, and I mean, this play in is gonna be nuts too. It <laughs> it could be anyone. I mean, the only two teams who don't have a chance to make the play-in slash playoffs this year is San Antonio and Houston. Yep. Every other team. Victor Wimbanyama swimsticks. Yeah. There's something to be fair in the East. It's the same. They're only Charlotte and Detroit that are really eliminated. True. True. I mean, yeah. I just... Going to the East. I'm okay. Look, with the I'm finishing off with the West real quick. Go ahead. The Lakers also can make a run. Yes. Uh, they do have to win every game they possibly can. Uh, I think more than five losses in this stretch ends their chances. Um, I think you have to win every game except no, like with no less, with no more than five losses. Yeah. Um, they need to get to 500 to really be sure about themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Jared Vanderbilt has been a game changer on that team. Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley has added some shooting yes. for them. Uh, I do love the Vanderbilt addition, but... Look, when D'Angelo Russell and then and you know Anthony Davis gets some chemistry, LeBron obviously can work with him because D'Angelo doesn't necessarily always need the ball. Yeah, that team, no one wants to play in the plan. No, so no. I mean, when you come back from twenty-seven down, I mean you can show you can compete with anybody. Um, 
Fair enough. But yeah, the West is wide open to me. Uh, the East, not so wide open. Uh, it's tough, man. Uh, but it's tough between three teams for me, yes. not between six. Yes. Or five. Yes. Or uh, four. Because I really can just, I can see Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly. I I want to respect Cleveland. Right. Um, Cleveland. Yeah, you got to do it for Brendan, whatever. Yeah. I thought about bleeping it, but. <laughs> <laughs> but. <sighs> Milwaukee, man, they look so good right now. I'm telling you, man. Their one loss was the game that they uh, blew to Philly. Yeah. And look, they were my pick to win the championship all the uh, before the year. I'm sticking with them. I think if Chris Middleton didn't get hurt last year, they would have beaten Boston and given Golden State a heck of a run for their money. I agree. But look, and Philly, Philly, I compared them to this, and just, it's a lazy boxing analogy, but just follow me here. They are essentially Deontay Wilder. They are the knockout artist that if Boston or Milwaukee drops their hands and doesn't think or doesn't respect them or isn't on their A game. Yeah. Philly can 100% knock yep. off one of those two. Yeah. But would I pick them straight up if both teams are at their A game? No. But I think Philly has a puncher's chance. I do too. And to answer your point, Cleveland, nice story and everything. But I think come postseason time, the ability that, that their front court does not have it stretching the floor because they play so big heavy. Yeah. It can clog up the paint for Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, and I think teams will be able to scheme around that. The Knicks, who have the longest win streak in the NBA after the Bucs, you know, fell to Philadelphia the other nine yep. at nine games. They could very well give Cleveland a run, but I would still pick Cleveland. But the fact that, you know, it's that close, I just can't put Cleveland on the level of those first three teams. I completely agree with you. Yeah, I just I, they can compete, um, and I'm not saying that they can't go on a run. It happens every year, um, but it. I just, dude, I I really, I don't know. I, I just I, I can't see. I can't personally see it right now. No, and and that's no disrespect to Cle- like Cleveland's had a heck of a year. This is a year where they're finally in my eyes, like breaking out of that long shadow of LeBron James. In that next year, history. next year we, we can talk. We can. I want to see Evan Mobley for as great as he is. Same. I want him to extend his game yeah. and extend his range. Yeah, I and I think exactly where you were going with that. Yeah. Cause he's, he to me is the biggest key. Cause Jared Allen, he is what he is. Yeah. Jerry Scarlin's a baller and Mitchell's Mitchell. Yeah. Respect to him. But if Evan Mobley, if he really becomes a difference maker, like defensive player of the year worthy, and is able to stretch the floor a little bit, Lord have mercy. Because let me let me look up something. Because I want to say Mobley. Oh my goodness, if I could find it, uh, Evan Mobley's. Oh my goodness, load Evan Mobley. Yeah, he's shooting fifty five percent from the field, but he's shooting twenty one percent from three. If he even becomes a respectable thirty. That changes that team. Yeah. And I think because he's averaging, yeah, a block and a half a game, almost a steal a game, he can easily improve on that. Like he has the physical frame yeah. to be, I dare I say, even a multiple time defensive player of the year. Like he is that much of a stud. But because him and uh, 
Jared Allen don't stretch the floor, and the fact that whoever they, the Isaac Okoro, that they stick at the three, yeah. he's not the most reliable offensive guy. Yeah. That really puts a lot of pressure on Mitchell and Garland, who are already both kind of undersized guards anyway. Yep. And that could present a lot of problems if you go up against a Philly, a Boston, or a Milwaukee. But it could be good enough to get out for a round one, which I expect. Have you to. have you changed your finals matchup? I'll here's the thing. I'll still go with Milwaukee if I and I I'll let the people decide if John ja Morant does get suspended for a significant amount of time. Do I get a do I get a uh, what you call it a mulligan it? mulligan? Thank you. I couldn't think of the golf term. Yeah, you do. Okay. I well then, one. until sure that happens. I didn't it, give a shit about basketball, so. <laughs> But I do. Uh, all right. So that's what I'm saying. But I'm still, if you ask me today who you're betting to win in the finals, it's still Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, I want to throw in a couple extra segments here. Something I want to talk about. Uh, John Jones is the GOAT. Yes. Uh, switching over to UFC real quick. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Because uh, you brought up you brought up uh, Philly and like they have a puncher's chance. Uh, um, <laughs> John Jones doesn't need a puncher's chance. But he was out of the cage for three years. Came back and dominated his fight, uh, like nobody's business. Yeah, well, because twenty-seven and one, one was a no contest for reasons that you know we don't have to get into. Yeah. But no, he's the goat. Yeah. Like my brother is the big MMA guy in our household. Yeah. Like he is watching every single fight. He even like looked at me and was just like, "Nah, Jones is the goat." Like I've been denying it for too long. Like he's John Jones, his ability to win at the weight classes that he's won at, the ability to break down a fighter both strategically and with just his raw athleticism is unlike anything I've ever seen. All right. Yeah. Uh, I just got Connor on the phone actually. Um, and we're going to have him give us a few takes. Uh, Connor is, is John Jones your goat? <sighs> Dude, I, yeah. <laughs> Say it with your chest, Connor. Um, Say it with your John chest. MMA. Say it one more time because Andrew's sound effects. You know, okay, man. Um, John Jones is the goat of MMA. Okay. Yeah. That's all I needed to hear. Give me your takes on that fight, man. Um, all right. I think Cyril Gon is uh is massively overrated. Um, I think <laughs> we could see that by the fight. <laughs> yeah. I think, bro, that that was bro, and I, I don't want to take any credit away, but bro. He gave up. That man, like, that man didn't even try to defend that takedown. Um, like, did not sprawl or whatsoever. It's like, I, it was almost like John Jones had won the fight before he even stepped in the ring. Um, I don't know. It just, like, he just needs to work on his ground game, like, exponentially. I mean, the tap um, out, it, the, to like, me, even the tap out just looked kind of, like, premature. I mean... John, I, I think I think the mystique of John Jones like put legitimate fear into Gone. I um, I mean, dude, he he's one and one in like I mean one and two now in his last three fights. He lost to Francis, um, beat Tai Tuivasa, which Tai Tuivasa almost defeated Cyril Gone. You know, did like, and Tai Tuivasa is a uh, is a brawler. Um, for all intents and purposes, hasn't been training that long. I love Tai Tuivasa, but like, not the most refined person right. in the heavyweight division. Right. Um, and I, I just think he, like, when John Jones said he's the most incomplete fighter in that division, I agree. Um, and it just seemed like he came in there with, like, 
he came in there with no heart. Like, yeah. it, at least that's what it looked like. I can't, I can't really speak on if he did or not, but it looked like he quit before it even began, you know? All right, Connor, I'm going to kind of break down something, but I want to get your thoughts on it uh, with John Jones. Then we can talk about uh, Grasso and Svincheco. Yes. So UFC, one of the reasons I'm fascinated by the sport is because it's so young that essentially we've kind of grown up the way UFC has grown up. I mean, from when they first started, when they were wearing shoes in the ring to where they are now hosting events all over the world. We've seen the evolution of the sport of mixed martial arts take place between uh, before our very eyes, where fighters, while they still have specialties, they have to have a more well-rounded game in order to compete at the highest level. For example, Ronda Rousey was this knockout artist who was just obliterating everybody. The women's division caught up with her, and she eventually couldn't, you know, retain her spot at the top. And you know, now she's out of the sport. With John Jones, I felt like personally. He was more ahead of a lot of fighters in the game because of not only his raw athleticism, but because of his ground game, his striking, just everything. And obviously, he's gotten better with time. But in your opinion, can you talk about what makes John Jones so great? And, you know, is was he kind of ahead of his time or was he just somebody that just always uh, did his homework and executed the best? So before we get into the John Jones talk, I actually want to talk about Ronda Rousey. Uh, okay. Okay. So Ronda Rousey, uh, I think actually her demise was uh, like to the beginning of her demise was her looking for knockouts. If you remember, she uh, I, I'm going to Google this right now. I believe she won or no, not the gold, the uh, the bronze medal in judo. Um, and hold up. And what Olympics um, she won the bronze, uh, the bronze medal in the 2008 Summer Olympics in judo. So Ronda Rousey actually, um, I'm sorry, this like this this fascinates me. Ronda Rousey is mostly known for was mostly known for her submissions, but then started getting these crazy knockouts. And then instead of like, you know, kind instead of, of going to her strengths or merging or like merging people. both those strengths, like evolving essentially. Yeah, yeah, and she she did not work as uh, like she wasn't as great of a uh, of a boxer as like it like she made herself like it, as it was made like to look like it was that people were so afraid of the takedown that she could get those, you know, she could get those great like striking hits for her to hit. Um, but whenever she did face a, a, a like a world renowned boxer, like Holly Holm or uh, an absolute savage in Amanda Nunez, that's why she struggled because she wanted to stand and strike and she did not have that. She did not have the, the, the danger of the takedown and the submission. She didn't have that. She was looking to finish those people in those one minute like starters. And that's actually, I think what led to her demise was her not going back to her strengths of judo. And I, her I fully, I fully agree. Bang. I fully agree with that. Um, sorry, sorry to get off on that tangent. I'm just very, no, no, please, <laughs> please do. She, she, she was knocking people out like crazy, but it had a lot to do with the fact that she could like, you know, she could arm bar you like her, her arm bar was insane. It people, was like, people were too busy that, focusing on defending the judo side of her fighting that she was able to get knockout. But once they started realizing and learning that she's kind of just left that part of her game, like, so she never on really, the shelf. Yeah. They, so, they so stopped being afraid of it. She didn't really practice it. 
she didn't she didn't like I, I she 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 transitioned into striking because you know people were like you're awesome you know you're you're like starching all these people and she I think she bit into a, a little bit of her own hype yeah. in my opinion I think that's that's kind of what led to that um with uh okay uh, so I'll go to John Jones now okay um uh, sorry that's it's just, no I, no like, that was I'm great that's um, great. Okay, so John Jones. John Jones may be the greatest. It's weird to say this. Greatest like MMA wrestler that we have ever seen. Yeah. Um. So, John Jones. Only was a, and I say only. It's very impressive. He was a a JUCO All American uh, wrestler. So I think he won. I think he either won the the JUCO. Uh, championship or like was was a top juco wrestler um but then stopped doing uh wrestling and then immediately went into mma where he started training and then you know youngest ufc world champion ever however his wrestling creates so many problems because he is so athletic his build is insane he has like insanely long reach but when you take a guy like daniel cormier who by and large is one of the one of the the, the, the great wrestlers yes, of any era. Absolutely. You know? Like Daniel Cormier is one of the greatest wrestlers that we've ever seen. And for him to be able to stuff takedowns and to be able to get a takedown on Daniel Cormier um, with only having Juco experience is fascinating. And then you, you know, you, you look at him and you look how he prepares before fights. You know, you look how um, he gives all of his opponents respect beforehand in, yeah. the, in the sense of like he fears what they are able to do but he studies it and analyzes the game so well and so i think when you're that talented um and you know man it's um it's it's crazy because i think a lot of it has to do with his his mindset as well you know his mindset is fascinating he um you know he 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 has that healthy fear i think is what keeps him great uh, the healthy fear of his opponents is what keeps like just keeps him being able to continuously improve. Um, not to say that, you know, uh, I mean, there's definitely at times, you know, differences with uh, what's it called? There's differences with, you know, people say like he lost the Reyes fight, like not saying it's like a perfect, but John Jones, if you could probably build a fighter from scratch and put him at 220 or put him at heavyweight, you would build a John Jones. Yeah. You know, you'd build uh, yeah. this dude, this, in, this insane, this incredibly like long human being who has NFL genetics and has a has a has a mindset of wanting to become the best, and a, a person who's violent in the in the cage and, and doesn't take any prisoners. Um, that's a person who you would look for, uh, and I think that's what makes him so great. I think it starts with the wrestling, and then being able to have. You know, he has an 84-inch reach, which is insane. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is, you know, so being able to maintain distance. Um, you know, what, what I've heard is, um, and I'm speaking from Daniel Cormier, I've never been in a fight with John Jones, uh, but, you know, he doesn't hit that hard, but his kicks are insane. Uh, I was just watching a, a podcast with uh, with Chael Sonnen, and he said, uh, Whenever John Jones gets you on the ground and starts pound like and ground pounding you, he's like, you become a changed man after that. <laughs> he was like, it, it is inc it is incredibly hard. Um, and so I th I think it starts with the wrestling, 
but you know, I don't know. He's a he's a perfectly complete fighter, and I think that's what what makes him so great. Uh, Connor, that was beautiful, beautiful insight on John Jones and uh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah, and Ronda. I I don't think we could have asked for anything better. I do. If you have time, I do want to touch on this uh, Grasso Shevchenko fight because uh, I think Grasso had to be perfect to win this fight. And uh, during one moment, she absolutely was. It was right after Shevchenko missed that spinning back kick, and Grasso immediately got Shevchenko's back, um, went right into that rear naked choke that caused Shevchenko to uh, tap out. That rear naked choke was absolutely beautiful, um, and Grasso put on a hell of a fight. What are your takes? Um, so I was surprised at how well Grasso like striked yeah um I, I i see some people online saying that um valentina shevchenko won the first three rounds in my opinion i gave grasso round one and then shevchenko round so two and three. so did i um so i i uh but, but it was i mean one of the the i think one of the greatest upsets the sport has seen um shevchenko is incredible uh shevchenko is one of the best like like she is incredible as a ufc fighter um it, but grasso you know being able to to strike i mean dude she was a plus 600 favorite you know what i, I mean yeah um that are uh, underdog underdog and to be able to see like that rear naked choke being able to capitalize on that yeah it reminded me a lot of um it reminded me a lot of that uh the leon edwards um Kamaru Usman fight where something can happen in an instant and uh, you, you just have to take advantage of the fight we're in there. I'm very interested to see how the next fight goes. I I would personally lean towards Shevchenko, although, I mean, Grasso, I, it's such a cool story. Um, it it like, is. I mean, the first six. Mexican to win, um, it's, I don't know, it's a really great story, uh, but I, we've seen too many fights where you know a fighter comes out has this insane knockout um or insane submission and the hype just all of a sudden is just like through the roof um i, f I feel like some ufc betters and fans you know whoever's making these favorites on fights do tend to have kind of a short memory span when it comes to some things but i, I agree I, I am interested to see what the next fights hold i i think like and it's funny because I know she got the submission, but you saw that in, in that fight, Shevchenko did a lot of damage on the ground. Yeah, a lot she of did. Damage in grappling situations. Yeah. And so if I like, it's funny because I know you know, Grasso got the submission, but if I, if I'm Grasso, I want I want to be able to be able to stand. Like I would like this to be a striking affair because you saw her clip her in the first round. Um, I believe with a I, I forget if it was a left or a right hook, uh, but clipped her with that hook. Um, yeah. That like Shevchenko didn't see coming, and I like it's just so fascinating to me. Uh, I I don't know my <laughs> funny story about that. My my buddy live bet after <laughs> like round two live bet Shev um, Grasso to win wow. and ended up winning it. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was like plus five hundred odds, and he was just like, ah, I'll throw like ten bucks on it, end up winning like fifty. Yep. Um, <laughs> but. I, dude, if I'm Grosso, bro, if I'm Grosso, I'm trying to, like, I'm not trying to go back to the ground again. Uh, no. You saw most of your success 
exchanging punches and yeah. i'm trying i'm like but it's so hard because valentino shevchenko is so good but, but i mean that was the have... beauty that was the beauty of that submission though uh grasso knew it kind of seemed like she knew that her strength kind of was the, the striking and staying up on both feet but the second she saw the opportunity with that missed kick she knew that that was her moment right then and there that you know this is my chance it's a clear takedown, seize the back, go into that rear naked choke, and from that moment forward, Shevchenko had no chance. You know what's super funny is I have, like, you know, she took advantage of it, and it, it's super great. I have never seen someone get that deep on a rear naked choke that quickly. Yeah, it was um, insane. It, it, <laughs> it was almost like Shevchenko didn't think she would be able to get it. Yeah. It was like that deep. So it was that deep so quickly. It was like Shevchenko didn't even have in her mind that a, a rear naked choke could get placed on her. Um, I don't know. It was, it was crazy. I remember when that happened, I was like, there is legitimately no, like I, like I saw it so deep and I was like, there's no way this is actually happening <laughs> right now. Um, <laughs> like, like, I, I don't know. I was just prepared for Shevchenko, like, after round one to dominate for the next four and then, you yeah. know, like, win. And whenever I saw it that deep, I was like, she's done. Yeah, it's she, over. Like, it's, it's almost over. immediately um, over. Yeah. Um, you know, Shevchenko put up way more of a fight than Cyril Gaon did in that um, <laughs> but I, I, like, and, like, I don't know, put up way more of a fight than Cyril Gaon um, in that in that submission. Yeah. But. I do, I do want to bring up one more fight with you, one that's not as important. The two fighters aren't nearly as professional as John Jones or Ronda Rousey or oh, <laughs> Shevchenko. But, brother, I got, I got to know, did Jake Paul get exposed finally? Um, I, will, I will say this before, before you talk. I, I respect Jake Paul as a fighter now. Um, he did fight very well against, against an, his, actual, an boxer. actual boxer. Um, clearly, it took him six fights to get there. I mean, it's, that's, a, that's good progress. And obviously, Tommy Fury is not the greatest boxer in the world. And But I do respect Jake Paul as a boxer, as a fighter. I do think Tommy should have won unanimously, nonetheless. And that fight was kind of a hug fest. But... I don't know, man. I, I I give I give Jake Paul his props moving forward. Um. Okay. So I, this is the last part of this segment. Just just quickly, right? Yes. 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 Uh, okay. So I have something to say. One last thing about the UFC beforehand. <laughs> oh. Okay. 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 Uh, okay sorry, sorry. 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 Go yeah, ahead. I, I have one last thing to say about the UFC, and then I'll go into the Jake Paul stuff. Um. Look, if you're an investor right now, if you could like, in, if UFC people were stock, if UFC fighters were stock, oh yeah, I'm giving you this. a stock that you should invest yep. on. Okay. Uh, Shavkat Rachmanov will be the champion of the 170 pound weight class in due time. I don't know when it'll happen. Book it. That man, Shavkat Rachmanov. If you could buy stock, I am imploring you to buy stock on that man. That man is insane. All right. <laughs> you heard it here but first. You, you, yeah, I, I to, everybody book it. No, I mean, Shavkat, 17 fights, 17 finishes is insane. So, yep. And the, the standing rear naked was beautiful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to get to the Jake Paul stuff, uh, I think um, one thing 
that stood out to me about this fight with Jake Paul was um, I think Jake Paul, I, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to phrase this correctly. Um, I think Jake Paul's confidence got him in trouble. I, in I agree. Fight. And so the, the reason I say that is um, he was going to fight Haseen Rahman Jr., uh, uh, Rahman. Um, he was going to fight him, I think, when Tommy Fury pulled out the first time. Yes. And, you know, uh, and so he had that, like, whole re- rehydration clause and everything. Um, and so, and, and basically, and I'm going to promise this is going to tie into the Tommy Fury. You're thing, fine. But basically, basically, Jake Paul was going to fight Haseen uh, Rockman because they sparred one time. And Jake Paul, like, said, oh, he got, like, you know, he, he – cooked he cooked Hasim in that uh in that sparring session right whereas Hasim, how he was telling it was hey look man um i was like trying to help you out and trying to learn and i wasn't really going my hardest and so you know and people took that, that and laughed at it i know exactly what you're talking about people were talking about oh yeah, no like, Hasim has these excuses so well. and and, like, yeah yeah he was he was saying like that was like the whole build up to the fight was like oh yeah i kicked your ass in sparring and hasim was like I, I was trying to help you out and you like i wasn't even trying my hardest uh i think jake paul is i think for what he is you know having no amateur background having no having no you know am- like only having five fights um i think or six fights now um i think incredibly talented yeah. I think um, has we know he has knockout power. You know, yes. we know he oh, has undoubtedly, power. yes. Um, but you know, uh, I guess the uh, the the I, I, we know what his ceiling is. I, in my opinion, I, I think like we like there is certain sports that you can start late and you'll be fine. I think yes. like football. If you if you start at four, like you know if you start playing Golf. football. We hear these stories of like, okay, yeah, you can like pick up football like le- like junior high school, and then you can be good. Yeah, I think boxing and boxing and like it's because you're in that niche niche area of that sport. Yeah, it takes a little while. Like Tommy just had so many more reps than Jake that he could win. One thing I will say is. I wish they had a different ref for that fight. I, I think, agree. Like, I agree. Like that that ref fucking that uh, that ref sucks. That he You sucks. can cuss, man. Don't um, worry. It it was awful, bro. Like I don't know, bro. Like both points like him taking off a point for Jake and a point for Tommy just made it feel like way more convoluted than it needed yeah. to be. I will um, say it, it's better than if one fighter lost a point versus another um, not losing a point. But the fact that they both lost points kind of evened it out again. I will say it would have been so much more controversial had just one lost a point or one lost more points than the other. But nonetheless, I think point removal was pointless. Um, and I yeah, uh, that ref kind of did ruin the fight for for a bit. The thing was, is like Jake couldn't get past Tommy's jab. Like no. Tommy's jab, it, Tommy has a great jab. I don't think Tommy has like a ton of power, but Tommy, like Tommy's jab is, is crazy. You yeah. know, like he just, he could keep Jake at range for like, I don't know. Jake didn't have a lot. Of, I don't think Jake like 
Jake, Jake didn't really seem to have like a game plan to get past that. No, gap. Jake, so Jake, weird. Jake seemed unprepared from the jump, kind of. I, it was, it was kind of wild. I think like maybe because Tommy pulled out twice, that it, it kind of seemed like, like I think Jake Paul thought he was just gonna walk in and like steamroll him, and I think that's so, like, like a lot of people thought confidence, that. You know where the confidence of him came in. Yeah. Um, I think like, I don't know. It's a. It's a weird situation because I think like, I don't know, Tommy, Tommy's like 23. And so he, he had like, and Jake's 26. I know Tommy has like a ton of potential in the space. Um, I, I think like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if staying with his dad is the greatest idea, but that's a different situation yeah. uh, for a different day. But if I'm Tommy, I want to run the rematch again. Cause undoubtedly. Like, that's the most money I'm going like, you know, he made crazy money off of that. And I think like he could even make like he could, he could make the, the most amount of money in his career fighting Jake Paul twice, he, even after like winning world titles. I think, you know, no, I, I, him, I'm, I I'm agree. It, it would like he he's making insane money. Plus, he just had a kid. So why not set up your kid's future, too? I mean, I it's a no doubter. I know we're going to get part two. I don't doubt it at all. Um but we'll see if the ending's the same. Uh, Connor, thank you so much for hopping on with us. I know it was super last second, but you gave us some incredible insight. Hey. And congrats for being the first guest on the show. Oh yeah, I, I'm very uh, very happy with that. Thank you all for having me on. Um, I, I definitely will watch this episode now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Take it easy, little bro. <laughs> hey, appreciate y'all. Yes. Yeah, thank Connor uh, for joining the show. Uh, that was a lot of fun, a lot of insight on fighting. Uh, we don't really talk about it much. It is something I have wanted to talk about more that I've brought up recently. Uh, but with the GOAT fighting, some incredible takedowns, some incredible wins, and obviously Jake Paul losing, um, we had to talk about it and bring it up. Uh, Connor took that way deeper, and he was incredible. That I told awesome. you, he's, he's the MMA guy. He's the, he's the fighting guy, huh? he is yeah. well speaking of fighting there's a 162 game fight coming up for the mlb um spring training underway yep and we have some win predictions um uh according to usa today according to usa today uh new york being the oh no sorry houston being the slight favorite in the west at 98 and 64 and new york being second at 95 and 67 I just, I don't know, man. I, Houston's obviously going to be really good. It's just inevitable at this point. Yeah, it, it is. And I hate to say it. I hate Houston so much. But I feel like the Rangers are being disrespected. I was going to ask. So their over under, I checked the Vegas odds, was set at 82 and a half. Now, mm -hmm. obviously, USA Today has them going under. What do you think they? What's a reasonable win target for them? I'm taking the over. Okay. Um, I don't think we win 20 games over 500. You mean you're not winning 100 games this season? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really went bold there. <laughs> Thanks, man. No, I. I mean, I do think we can win 82 games. I think we can win 83 games. Um, I think we hover right around 500. I. I would place the bet that we'd go over 82. But I, I can see us just hovering just slightly below. I can see us hovering just slightly above. I think 77 is just a little 
too few wins for me. I'd probably look more at 79, 80. I mean, obviously they're kind of they're kind of in my ballpark, and so is Vegas. Um, it's not like they're that far off. Vegas is off by five games, by five wins. Um, Vegas doesn't have a baseball team, man. I'm talking about the odds. Oh, the odds. Okay, I thought you were talking about the team. Jesus You're like Vegas Christ, was. Dude. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. <laughs> I was very confused where you go. Going for paying attention. Well, you were doing that to me earlier, so congratulations. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, it's, do you think they're above the angels? Yes. Okay. I think that's the biggest issue I have here. Is that the biggest one? Yes. Okay. Because the angels, what have they proven to you with the two most talented players in baseball? Nothing. (laughs) Zero. Nada. Zip. Like, is there crickets on this thing? Like, yes, there is. That's what go. they've given you, dude. There you go. They've given you nothing. That's fair. I just, the Rangers, they're going to be, I think, one of the biggest boomer bust teams. Oh, without a doubt. This season. But I think boomer bust still keeps us around 500. Okay. I think a bust is just below 500. I think boom is just above. Okay. So, and then that's the thing. You got to think about last year. Does Marcus Simeon start on a slump again? Mm-hmm. You know? Is Corey Seager going to give us 30-plus home runs again? Is mm-hmm. Adolis going to keep developing and getting better and better? It's There's a bunch of questions. Is uh, DeGrom going to stay healthy? And I think that's the biggest question of the season because that was our biggest need this year was pitching. We have the hitting. Mm. You know, Josh Young came into the league and has been balling, and he has been a solid pick. It's It's you have to... Yeah, it's just the questions that need to be answered, and they're not going to be answered until the season starts. So, yeah, no, that's that's fair. Uh, I I do like Seattle's record. I think Houston wins the uh, AL West again. Okay, I think Seattle does get second, but it's that third spot that it I I see the Rangers with an advantage over the Angels. Fair. Uh, I my biggest. I guess gripe with this, the prestigious USA Today uh, predictions. I think the Padres could potentially be the first overall team in the NL National League. Yeah. And, and I think they added uh, Xander Bogarts. They made it to the NLCS last year. Yep. It's all going to come down to pitching for them. Yeah. Because you have Bogarts, you have, you know, obviously uh, Manny Machado, who you just re signed. Yeah. You have, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Jeez, uh, Tatis, uh, you still have. Uh, oh my God, I can't. I can't think of baseball players right now. Uh, but they just—they've recently acquired all this offensive talent, and to me, with the torn ACL to Gavin Lux for the Dodgers, the fact that I just this to me like they kind of had to offload some guys due to the fact that their salary was so enormous. Right. It feels like they're kind of at the down part of their window. I'm not saying that the Dodgers won't be great because they will be yeah but i think the padres have a really good chance at potentially really making a statement this season uh, like i, I off of that. i agree and i really like the padres i have year. no doubt atlanta is going to be competitive i have no doubt st louis is going to be competitive the mets the mets can be extremely competitive this year yeah Juan soto i couldn't remember his name. yeah oh my god that's just a blank moment there yeah but yeah i uh, yeah, I think the Padres, I can agree. It's going to come down to pitching. Yep. It's going to come down to pitching. 
I don't want to do a full baseball I preview wait Brendan. because yeah. Brendan, I want Brendan here for sure for I that. Just, I saw this was interesting. No, no, it is very interesting. Um, those, I mean, there's not many things I would disagree with on there though. It's a lot of fair. To be honest point. with you, it is. There is a lot of fair, fair points. And I think Tampa could be a little high. I mean, I understand Tyler Glass now like is legit. Yeah, but that one's interesting to me. But look, I'd love to talk more about it when Brendan gets here because that that one just it caught my eye when I saw it, and I just figured Brendan Brendan's the baseball guy. Yeah. Well, he said he. Well, he actually didn't say. I was hoping he'd be on this week. Yeah. Whatever. Well, whatever. Who knows? When's the next time we'll get all three of us. Together again. I'll be here. Together again. I'll be here. Together again. You want to talk some Bahrain? You know who's together again? Uh, Max and his trophies. Max and his trophies. He finally got a win at Bahrain. He got his first Bahrain. He got his first win at Bahrain. And that's terrifying. He, If I set the over and under on his race win total at 19 and a half. Colin, I, (laughs) I don't think Red Bull can win. I don't think Max can win every race. I think Red Bull can. 19 and a half. What are you taking? Over. That's insane. Like he's, he, what is it? He based said, on the first race. Again. Based right. on the first race. Obviously. That Red Bull was so dominant. It was ridiculous. But based on the first race, clearly development comes into play because Mercedes is already starting out more competitive. Ferrari looks more competitive. And Ferrari, with the changes that they've made in their front office, with their uh, team principals, and uh, some things inside their front office that hopefully allows for better development throughout the season, um, can be more competitive. Um, and Mercedes is Mercedes. but I think Ferrari has a small chance of being the fourth team this year. I really do. I think Aston Martin... Blew me away. Uh, Aston Martin blew me away, too. I, I knew you were going to bring that up. Uh, but no, here. So, I can see your point. No, here. Well, let me lay this out for you. So the first three circuits of the reason, we just had the Bahrain Grand Prix. Yeah. Then we have Jeddah. We have or, Saudi Arabia. Not this weekend, but next weekend. Yes. And then after that is Australia. Yeah. Three completely different tracks. Melbourne. I think based on what we see at those three separate events, obviously, you know, we can't predict like what Ferrari had last year after their first three races. Yeah. I'm sorry to bring that up, but... Ferrari, I'm not sure if I really trust their development in season because they haven't really given me much in the previous years. No, and I'm and I'm just stating that maybe with the changes that oh, were made, maybe the development will hold, be better. Hold on, I'm, I'm getting there. So okay, the, I'm saying maybe they could be right, but what yeah. I'm saying is I trust a Mercedes to develop something, yeah. unless they just decide to tank and we're like, you know what, we have this concept. Yeah, this concept doesn't work. We have to focus on 2024, and so be it. Aston Martin is the second quickest car on the grid. It's insane. If Lance Stroll didn't have that, you know, terrible uh, bike accident before the season, that very well could have been one, two Red Bull, three, four Aston, Aston Martin. Martin. And for Lance, first of all, the fact that he got sixth after in, I believe it was either quality or practice, where he literally had to take his hand off the wheel and help his other hand turn it. Yep. To come in sixth place is nothing short but of impressive. And very impressive. And look, Lewis will battle his butt off, and obviously him and Fernando probably will come uh, butting heads multiple times this year. Yeah. But that Aston Martin looks fast. It looks legit. It looks like it's the most powerful, fastest car that has a Mercedes engine in it. Yeah. And that should not be the case. Right now. Yeah. No, it's embarrassing to have 
a purchaser team be beating the supplier. Exactly. It and, is. And look, I when one team steps up and gets into that top three, someone has to come down. Yeah. And if you're asking me, because Ferrari and, again, I know Lewis finished behind Carlos Sainz. He just ultimately couldn't catch him. Yeah. Wasn't going to catch Leclerc either. But if they're if Ferrari still has the same issues that they did and Mercedes, they're still going to have a reliable car, ideally. Um, yeah. I would lean towards, you know, if both teams are trying, I would lead favorably uh, to the Mercedes squad finishing top three, which means the Tifosi will not be having a great season. They will not. I, and I love the point that you brought up with uh, the first three circuits. Bahrain yes. is a really good mix of turns and straights. Jeddah is simply a fast track. It is Monaco. It is Monza. A lot with, of fast corners. With Monaco barriers. Like, that's literally what it is. <laughs> it's insane. It is very It's insane. an extremely fast race. Australia being a more technical mm -hmm. turn-heavy race. Yep. I saw a graphic during the race. Mercedes was owning the straights. Mercedes was very fast on the straights. I just wanna, yeah, I believe so. That may have been... It was maybe during quality. quality but during course, it doesn't yeah. matter. If, if you're seeing that during qualifying, that's the fastest your car is going to be. Eh. I mean, race pace is a little different. It though. is different. It is different. But if you need speed... Mm -hmm. I'm confident in the fact that Mercedes can provide that. Now, that's the thing. Right now, I'm confident in three teams. I'm confident in Red Bull. I'm confident in Aston. And I'm confident in Mercedes-Benz. I mean, as confident as you could be in a struggling Mercedes. In a struggling Mercedes. But one thing that they will always be is reliable. And that is a huge factor in Formula One. Their development took a massive step towards the end of the season with Lewis almost winning a race and George winning a race. They were finding podiums more often. And if you get on the right foot with development moving forward and you're not having to test the car using Lewis like you were last year, I don't see why Mercedes cannot give at least a nice run for second and maybe compete for first. I think it was... I, I, As a team. I either watched or saw it somewhere that Red Bull has a car that's damn near six tenths a lap faster than the competition oh yeah so that gap's not an easy gap to make up obviously you know red bull you know they're not going to stop improving they're going to try to improve as much as they can yeah but you know we also have new factors in f1 with the budget cap i mean how much more money did red bull spend up front not to mention that they're still going to have to suffer the cost um cost cap that they broke last season yeah like the penalties from that so maybe we'll see like a bridge towards the middle of the season but Max Verstappen, and I said it last year, and I'll repeat it again. He is the best driver on the grid. He is the on the best form. He there's not a single racetrack that he struggles at, and that no. he cannot win. No. And for me, it's it's hit. I've already in my mind already written him in as a three time uh, world champion. And I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, Andrew, but I did give my predictions of Formula One, how I thought all the teams would do and how all the constructors would do. And I kind of just briefly went over it. Um, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, Alpine, Aston Martin, McLaren, Haas, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Williams. Yeah. Felt like it was respectable, right? Hey, 
Logan Sargent and and Alex Al- Albon. Albon. I have some to say about that. And is that where you were going? Well, I was going with that, but I was also going to be like, yeah, Aston Martin ranked a little too low, but someone else it ranked too low was the team at the bottom, and that was Williams, uh, Albon, and Sargent, and that entire team. They've been talking to themselves kind of quietly, but they've yeah. been patting themselves on the back, thinking we got a competitive. We think we can race in the midfield this year. They did that, and damn near got a double points finish for both yeah. drivers, and especially in Logan's first race too. Yeah. My God, uh, it's Alex Al- Alexander Albon. By the end of the season, will have a new contract. I predict with a higher ranking team, depending. I, I agree with you know how. Williams gets on He's this He's going to replace Lando McLaren. <laughs> we'll get into that in a no second. Um, but look, Albon, heck of a drive. Got in the points. Williams looks legit. And he... Because it was really sad in quality because he qualified P9 yeah. in Q1. And then Q2 obviously had his issues and didn't even really get a lap in. So he started at 15th. Able to get into P10. Congrats to Fine. him. Logan Sargent. My goodness. Him watching him race and everything... He looked so comfortable in the car. He yep. looked confident. He didn't look timid. Yep. He raced his race. Now, granted, obviously... And the only reason Logan Sargent did not make it to Q2... Was because he tied with Lando, but Lando got his first... exact match. same time as Lando Norris. Yeah. But Lando got his time first. Now, granted, there was three retirements, but still. Like, yeah. Congrats to Logan. Like, nothing but golf claps for... Golf for claps Williams. for the golf American claps. baby. Yeah. Let's go. The American baby, and yeah, we love you, Logan. So we do shout out Logan Sargent. One other driver that I'd like to talk about is Mr. Pierre Gasly. Yes, I'm sir. P20 gas- to P9, right? P9. So yeah. in my predictions, I'm not going to go through all 20, but I had Gasly finishing behind Ocon. I had Gasly finishing P10. The reason why I said that was because I think Ocon's the more established driver in the team. Uh, he's more comfortable with the car and he will overall, I think the team will favor him in this first year but it'll be closer than what a lot of people think. And I thought Gasly maybe by year two can really upset him as being the number one driver in that team. I think Ocon is overrated. He, listen, I don't know if you've watched a race that Ocon has had this past race in Bahrain. Like they were mentioning uh, uh, Pastor Maldonado as like a comparison. He's not a good ca- a comparison, someone that you no. want to be related to. So I'm just making sure I have it. So he started the race outside of his box, his starting box. Yep. And so he had, he obviously got penalized for that. Dude, yeah. So he came he comes in to service penalty. To service five penalty. second penalty. Five second penalty. And he was also working on his front wing because he had contact with Nico Hulkenberg. No, no, it was a 10 second penalty, wasn't it? No, because here's here's where it comes in. So they five second because he was uh gonna yes. work on the front yeah. wing and everything. He ran into Nico. He, the crew, which was not his fault, started working on the car too quickly. Yep. And then they're like no, you got to serve a 10-second because you didn't respect the five-second penalty. Yes, 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 yes. Then he comes to serve in that penalty and also probably change tires or whatever. Speeding. He's speeding. By point, was it zero, zero, 0.01 or zero, 0.01? One zero, of the two. Point zero, one. Point zero, one. Mile per hour. Mile per hour. But he got a penalty for that. So two self-inflicted wounds and then one by Alpine is not the start that Esteban Ocon wished to have. But I listen, I, res- I respect Ocon. He's a race winner. Um... He's driven for a team that's never even... Last year was the closest they've sniffed to the top three. Yeah. And he performed decently. Yeah. Listen, Ocon, Pierre Gasly's here, and Pierre Gasly's here to stay. And I know eventually those two are going to come together, and I'm going to jump out of my seat because I'm going to be 
you know, just mad. Yeah, I will be. But this first race, from gas for Gasly to do have that bad of a qualifying to save points for this Alpine team, I guarantee you there's already like a little just thought bubble in the back of people's minds where it's like, eh, you know, Pierre, Otmar, Pierre, Otmar is gonna be like, I made a good choice. Hey, listen, I I know like they were trying to get obviously Oscar Piastri. They thought they um, could have maybe kept Fernando, but listen, Gasly is a race winner in his own right. Yep. He's a damn good driver. And listen, he balled out for the French team. So he did. He did. Um, uh, I do want to say I am a certified hater. <laughs> okay, good. Let's I get hate McLaren, and I am so happy to watch them fail. Okay, so you're yeah you're hateful of the team. Do you hate like if Lando wasn't driving for McLaren, would you hate Lando? If Mc, if Lando was driving for Alfa Romeo, no. If Oscar Piastri was driving for Alfa Romeo, would you care? No. I'm just using Alfa Romeo as an example. No, I just, was, no, I just anyway, hate McLaren. You just hate McLaren. And okay. I think Zach Brown is a snake. Okay. So clearly team. Okay. That I can at least talk to you with because McLaren is wasting Lando Norris's Talents. career. Yes. They are wasting away. He I guarantee that- you he regrets that extension. Oh, so bad. So bad. Lando Norris legitimately could be driving for Mercedes. They, they... We're saying that they were going to compete for race wins next year. Yeah. Now I want to I want to pause. I want to the only little bit of pushback. Last year at Bahrain, do you remember McLaren? They came out, they looked ugly, they didn't so score any points. I'm not saying you know lightning strikes twice in a bottle, but what I'm saying is is let's see how they look in Jeddah. Let's see how they look in Australia. But if we come back and it's a month from now, and we've gone through now two more races, and it's like this. Oh, no, it wasn't oh, Daniel's fault. Oh, it, it, listen, McLaren and Zach Brown, oh, they're going to have, <laughs> they're going to need some words. They are going to be on the hot seat, everything. And look, I felt so bad for Piastri because I'm really interested to see how the young man gets on. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a lot of talent. I want to see that on display, obviously. And Lando, we already know what Lando is. Lando, in while he was a lap down, was keeping up with Carlos Sainz and Lewis Hamilton. Yep. Um, and that's where he should be fighting. Right. He's with those guys. Yep. But, but he was a lap down. He was. <laughs> and good God. It, why why did they waste the engine doing that? Like, why were they were they just sitting there hoping that... Because with the rate that they, they were pitting him, right, yeah. or boxing him, he was having to box. Essentially, it was like every five or ten minutes. Yep. And you should you just save the engine. Save the parts. The, the biggest issue, like, too... Like, what are you doing? The biggest issue is they had this issue last year. The exact same issue. Yep. Something that big. Why is it an issue again? I mean, the development, the development, blah, 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 blah. the development needs to take a step forward. They need to take a step up. It's, it's getting embarrassing. This is it's McLaren. Sad. Yeah. It's McLaren. Yes. Oh. You have had some of the most iconic race wins. Like, and it's not like McLaren's. It's the not like championships the, in McLaren's. It's not like they're, they're not properly funded like Williams. Obviously, their their penalty and punishment from the early thousands really hurt. Um, Still, how long does it take for you to... <laughs> the rebuild should not take this long. Not for McLaren. Not with the money that you have. Not with how much a damn McLaren costs. Yeah. Like, no. It's just... Look, I, I want to give them their chance to redeem themselves. Because, again, like I said, it happened last year about rain where I they don't. just looked... And that's fine. I'm but, a hater. <laughs> look, I just, for Lando's sake and Piastri's sake, I hope they get better cars. Um, Fuck McLaren. Touche. 
Um, <laughs> touche. Uh, <laughs> look, uh, Haas didn't have a great day. Obviously, Nico, he dealt with multiple instances. Kevin, for whatever reason, thought he was the only one that didn't start on the softs at the beginning as like a kind of alternative strategy. Didn't do the greatest. Yeah. I'm very pleased with Alphatari. I think they, I think Haas is going to be fine. Probably. I would expect Nico to be the clear number one driver by the fourth race. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think K-Mag, respect to you. Nico's Nico's a different level. Um, Yuki versus DeVry. Uh, I thought DeVry held his own. Um, mm-hmm. Yuki almost got points, to be fair to him. So respect to that. And then Alfa Romeo, Baltas did get eighth. So, like, Baltas is clearly still capable, if you gave him the proper car, of driving towards the top and scoring points consistently. Uh, Zhou Guan Yu, listen, had a bad race. Hopefully he bounces back next week. Zhou Guan Yu has proven to be competitive before. Yeah. Um, so it's just a matter of it, consistency is key in F1. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo won a race last year. Race like ass moving forward. So. Yeah. And I know we talked about them like at the beginning, but just to kind of put a bow Not on last it. last year, the year before last, sorry. Uh, to put a bow on it, Charles Leclerc retired um, after 18 laps. Uh, or was it? No, 39 laps, excuse me. Um, for the Ferrari team. Charles also signed a long extension with Ferrari. Yeah. How do you think he feels at this moment? Yeah. Like, I get that they have the potential to potentially get there, but... I mean, yeah, I would I would much rather <laughs> have a long-term contract with a team that's fighting for second and third place than what McLaren's fighting for right it's true. now. So. But I, I'm Charles just... He's, he's got to be sitting there thinking... McLaren's probably making a lot more money than Lando Norris is right now, too. So. Touche. But, yeah... I mean, it, it's a long season, and there's going to be a lot of questions answered um, as we move forward. We are, we'll be talking about this all the way until the last race in Abu Dhabi in December. We have a whole lot of fun F1 coming up in between this Miami year two, uh, Las Vegas, Las Vegas inaugural race, inaugural race, inaugural race, whatever. Um, <laughs> Monza, the classics, Monaco, uh, Silverstone. It's going to be a lot of fun moving forward. And it's a lot of fun having a really a, an American team that has is more competitive than they have been. An American driver. In past years and an American driver who's competing yeah. like Logan Sargent is. We will so. be previewing Jetta next week. So yeah, make sure you tune yeah, into that. Jetta, 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 Jetta. That track is insane, dude. I still hate it on the game. Still hate it. And somehow Mick Schumacher is still going to crash in quality. Yeah, probably. Love you, Mick. Probably, <laughs> probably dude. That, that, that track is so fast, though. It is. Um, but yeah, uh, these releases came fast, too, in the NFL. They did. Um, um, going back to Friday, um, Carson Wentz released. Mariota released. Uh, Buccaneers and Fournette released. Um, let's see. T. Higgins could be traded. Could be traded. Uh, Keenan Allen's planning on staying. Staying. In Los Angeles. Uh, Uh, The Jags are going to tag Ingram. They did tag Ingram. They did tag Ingram. Yeah. This is from last week. Yeah, just I linked this article in here. Uh, Uh, Jackson wants to get a deal done with the Ravens. Uh, Well, there's an offer on the table, but I don't think it's the deal that he wanted because it's the transition tag. Um. Look, we can... Yeah. You want to dive into this? Go ahead. Uh, look, so Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens ultimately could not come to a long-term contract extension 
the Baltimore Ravens hit him with the transitional tag, which for those of you who don't know, he's going to get paid roughly around $32 million a year and now has the option to negotiate with other teams for the Ravens to either potentially match or to just sign him outright. Yep. In return, if he does sign a deal with a new team, the Ravens do get two first-round picks in return for uh, Lamar being signed to another team, or the Ravens have the option to resign Lamar um, during this time before, I want to say it's either June or 17th or July 17th. Don't quote me on that. But Lamar did get a deal, but not the deal that I, he was obviously looking for. Uh, there's already been some teams that have come out and said that they are not interested, which is kind of interesting to me. I believe I saw the Atlanta Falcons claim that they were not interested. No. And I want to say it was Washington, I want to say, yeah. was also not interested. Um, very interesting that they posted on the show that they were not interested yeah. in Lamar. But I've got a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts? Uh, pay Lamar Jackson. So you're, you're pay Lamar for if you're Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. Do you any reason why or are no, you just pay Lamar? Okay. <laughs> I've got some numbers for you, and I just want you to kind of just follow with me here. Okay. So Lamar obviously won that MVP uh when he blew up in 2019. Yes. 36 touchdowns, six interceptions. He had a 113 rating. Yep. Incredible. Yep. Right? Yep. Fully, fully get that. Yep. And the three years since, he's been injured at the end of all three. Yep. He's uh, hasn't hit 3,000 yards passing. Yeah. Now, granted, he obviously makes up a lot for that in rushing. Um, 26 and 9 in 2020, 16 and 13 in 2021, and 17 and 7 uh, this past year before obviously going down yep. um, as he has been. And then rushing has slowly gotten down. So Lamar deserves money. I have no beef with Lamar trying to get every single cent that he believes he is owed, yep. deserved everything. If because you're Baltimore, though. You are clearly better with Lamar Jackson. You are. And Lamar's won damn near 80% of his games while he's been the starter at Baltimore. Yep. Here's what I'll say. Baltimore has absolute reason to be hesitant on this deal and to go the route that they've gone. Let me tell you why. I'm not disagreeing, but... Lamar has... you. First of all, you're getting paid not for what you've done, but for what you will do. Yeah. That's to make that clear. Um... He is such a great, unique style of quarterback that you have to tailor your offense to his game in order for him to be successful. And to be honest, the Ravens have done a great job outside of maybe receiving options for Lamar. Yeah. And again, to build, again, a great offensive line, the rushing attack with Lamar is going to be great no matter who you put back there. Yeah. But honestly, you know, running backs, they've kind of gotten lucky with J.K. Dobbins getting injured and yeah, all that. Um, their defense, normally one of the best, especially under Harbaugh. And obviously, they just haven't gotten over the hump. Lamar is, I think, one and two in the postseason. Yeah. Lamar Jackson is a guy who his style. I if you're asking me if Lamar Jackson, five years from now, is either a healthy enough to where he's still playing at this level, or, you know, I'm not even sure what five times seventeen is. That's, you know, almost hundred. I would not. I would bet severely the under that he's playing these games consistently and if you're paying a guy this amount of money that fully guaranteed by the way yeah yeah well it's it's a lot it's yeah. it's a lot to sit there and commit the for lamar the smaller parts of the contract is not 
is where I do start to separate from where Lamar is. Well, it's because that's the thing. It's a hundred million dollar difference between Lamar and the Ravens right now. Yeah. So it's not just you. It's it's everybody that's sitting there. It's it, like just settle in the middle. It does have to be compromise on both sides. I not necessarily the middle. Right. But look, if you're the Ravens, obviously, look, I could name off the top of my head. I could name six quarterbacks that I'd rather have than Lamar. So to me, he's not top five. Yeah. But I think he's respectably top 10. He sits there and I just, he's developed so much compared to his rookie season. And Mm -hmm. that's great. But even then, he's still not the pocket passer or the guy from the pocket that on a consistent basis, throwing outside the numbers that you'd hoped. Not to mention that he randomly also gets sick yeah. a lot during the season and will miss time to do that. During games. Um, <laughs> that he will break down physically. And yeah. again, how much of that's going to wear down on his body, that's true. which will affect his total game. I just, Lamar, I really do hope the best for him. And I hope he gets his money because he deserves it. But I, for people just completely bleep it on Baltimore, be like, oh, you got to pay him. He's a former league MVP. He's won this game. There's a hundred percent. Are people doing what? I'm, uh... <laughs> I'm not going to repeat that. Um, you know, they're just, there's reason that Lamar hasn't, is not, hasn't gotten the extension that he wants. Now, granted, I agree. also some of this falls on the Browns and what they gave that man in Cleveland. Yep. But, uh, his name is. Yep, exactly. And look, I just I hope Lamar for his sake gets his money, but I I have full and the fact that the Ravens could still sign him, they still can, they can match whatever, or they can renegotiate their own deal. Yeah, but it's I've said it in our group text. I was like, because uh, Connor, who we had on earlier, yeah, he asked, "What do you think happens, to Lamar?" I said, "More than likely, he gets tagged, and then we see yeah. where it goes from there." There he goes. And Transitional tag. So. But um, moving on some some other moves that we've seen, uh, the Vikings release Eric Kendricks. Um, the Saints have signed Derek Carr to a four year deal. Becomes the best quarterback in that division. Yeah, immediately. Immediately, which is kind of sad. <laughs> Listen, Derek Carr on his best days borderline top ten. No, he is. Like he is. you could make the argument. You could, and a new environment, a new. A system, a new coach. Do you realize in the entire year of Derek Carr's tenure in uh, Oakland slash Las Vegas, he never had a defense that was ranked higher than 20th? That's insane. That's insane. Dennis Allen, New Orleans Saints. One thing they know is defense. They do know defense. And they got a couple of weapons yep. in there, too. Granted, um, by the way, what, before we get off of this, the Saints, they're going to have a rule that the NFL is going to come down on within the next five years that severely hinders their ability to do what they're doing right now, which is manipulate the cap like this. They went it all in during Drew Brees' years, no problem with that. But they have continuously manipulated the cap with, you know, uh, written in deals and everything, the Taysom Hill, the, uh, the contract and everything that's not really as big as they claim it is, and then all this, that, and the other. And... I just, the Saints, they just cannot, they won't win this way. And I hate to say that for Derek Carr. Like, they could win a division, obviously, but they won't get to the Super Bowl, which is ultimately all the team's goal, constructing their team like this. They just, because 25% of their cap, they're paying to players that aren't even on their roster anymore. And it's just, it's, 
it's one of those things where, look, I, I feel for the city of New Orleans. The fans deserve a lot, especially after all that they went through. But they, this is just not the way you do it. It's just not the way. No, no, it's not. It's not. Not at all. No. The Saints, <clears throat> Saints have a lot to figure out. And it, it's it's sad to see a franchise that has been so historically um, great because of the greats like Drew Brees. Yeah. Um, go through what they're going through. But um, more news. Uh, Calvin Ridley's back. Yes, he's I really love serious. to see that. He should not have been suspended for a whole season. That's a whole other argument. Um, the Cowboys placed a franchise tag on Tony Pollard. The Cowboys want to re-sign Terrence Steele. I think that would be a great decision, not only because he went to Texas Tech, but because he has flourished and he has learned so much in that Cowboy system. And he is a very, very... Very strong. What school did he go to? Uh, I think A and M. Aaron Steele. Yeah, I think he went to. Oh, wow, I can't say that orange school for some reason. The University of. No, he didn't. No, he went to Texas Tech. Yeah, he did. He yeah. went to Texas Tech. But um, <laughs> there you go. The Chiefs will not franchise tag uh, Orlando Brown, um, which is scary. Uh, that's a very talented offensive lineman. Um, they're going to release Frank Clark. Frank Clark, third on the all-time NFL postseason sack leaders. Yeah. Frank Clark. Yeah. Shout out to the former Seahawk. Seriously. Seriously. Um, the Jags are going to tag Ingram, or did tag Ingram. They did. They did tag they, Ingram. Yes. Uh, the Raiders are franchise tagging Josh Jacobs. Well deserved. And Buddy, let's talk about it. He is not riding back. He's not hopping on a plane. He is not moving Geno Smith is staying in Seattle. Colin, your thoughts? Geno Smith signs. All right. Anyways, thanks. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Geno Smith. Uh, so we don't know the full details of this contract. So I'm going to go based on what I know. Um, there was some reports that kind of contradicted because at first, initially, it was reported that he had three years, 105 million. Um, that included 52 million in the first year. That was later kind of downplayed to the where I think Gino's getting like two years for 50 or 60 um, to where he's essentially um, it's very front loaded obviously but for the Seahawks you got a guy who was at a Pro Bowl level last year for somewhere between 25 and 35 million and given the contract that Daniel Jones signed which we'll get into that later the contract that Derek Carr signed the Seahawks, I think, this is what I predict. I said, I said it all year, and I, I said it on earlier podcasts. Thirty-five million is like the absolute most I'd be willing to give Geno Smith, with respect to him, because he deserves his money. And I said two to three-year deal yeah. around this. Now, granted, I would have given him more uh, guaranteed money, but hey, you know, <laughs> what do yeah. I know? Uh, Geno, if you need an agent, let me know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, listen, I think this is a great move for Seattle. I think this doesn't constrain them because. You know, if Gino isn't great, then you draft your guy, but you still have a veteran that you can build around and everything. But if Gino continues to ball out and bet on himself and win, then you still have the structure of holding on to him for, you know, three years or so. So, look, I, I'll I'll be the first to admit it that Gino Smith, I did not see that season coming. I didn't expect the Seattle season in general that we saw uh, from the Seahawks. How long will it last? Only time will tell. But if you're saving I'm, money at quarterback, no, it, it sets you up for success everywhere it does. else. It does. And that was the formula that obviously the Seahawks used whenever they went to their two Super Bowls uh, in the early 2010s. Yep. We'll see if that's kind of the model that they build around. Maybe go after Frank Clark, who just got released. Who knows? Maybe. 
but uh, I'm there very is. happy. I'm happy for Geno. I'm so happy. I'm happy for Geno Smith, man. I mean, after his journey through the league, finally getting his opportunity, and man, can I really ate it up real quickly? I'm just gonna run through his contracts through his years. Go. Four years, five million dollars with the Jets. That was his entry level. Yeah. Got drafted or whatever. One year for one point two with the Giants. One year for one million with the Chargers. One year for eight hundred and five thousand with the Seahawks. One year for eight ninety five with the Seahawks. One year one point one million with the Seahawks. One year for one point one point two million with the Seahawks. One year for uh, three point five million, which was this past season. And now he signs the extension. He's getting his due. He earned it. I'm so happy for him. Let's go, Gino. Let's go, Gino. Extremely, extremely happy for Gino. Um, all right. The Aaron Rodgers talks are heating up. Yes. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it right now because it is all just rumors. It is. Um, but if I had to put my money on it, Aaron Rodgers is not going back to Green Bay. No, I, I completely... That was the least... I told anybody who we were talking about this, it's either he goes to a new team, he then retires, or he stays with the Packers. Packers was easily the third and the last choice yeah. for me. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, now, moving forward from here, the free agency market is going to be loaded. Because Derek Carr uh, just signed. So that, that, I mean, you're essentially either you're going after Lamar, you're going after Rodgers, and then what's left of Jimmy G is pretty much all what you got at that yeah. point. So we'll see some uh, action very quickly here. So, yeah. Uh, and then after teams sign their quarterbacks, uh, which Daniel Jones isn't hitting the market, mm -hmm. he got signed by the Giants, which then leaves the option for... Which, by the way... The franchise tag on Saquon. Yeah. Uh, which is huge for the Giants. Four years, $160 million now. Again, Daniel Jones's contract is not necessarily as big as that one sounds. Yeah. Um, but look, it's... Daniel Jones got paid. Uh, I was shocked. I thought they had, he would get tagged, honestly. I thought Brian Dayball would use this time to really kind of take the training wheels off, so to speak, uh, because they tailor that offense completely to Daniel Jones' skill set. Is it a long-term uh, solution? I don't think so. But I think now that he's gotten his security and gotten his money, Dayball is going to try to push him as far as he can go, and we'll see if Danny Dimes is the real deal or not. Yeah. And then finally, really, the last big kind of big piece of news is Byron Jones is getting released by the Dolphins. I would love to see Byron come back to Dallas, by the way. That, love Byron. I could very well see that happening. Cowboys uh, have been rumored Byron. potentially uh, target a cornerback um, early in the draft. So Byron was my guy. Um, I, I hated losing him. But, yeah, the names are coming off the list now. Now some are getting added. Obviously, people are going to start uh, designating cuts. Um Obviously, some of these are going to come after June 1st um, to save cap space, and the cap cuts are coming. Frank Clark hitting the free agency. Um, you're going to have Byron Jones hitting free agency, but there's still names like Dalton Schultz, Jacoby Myers, Jimmy G, Javon Hargraves, Jordan Poyer, James Bradbury. These guys are all also still free agents, um, and NFL free agency is really just going to start ramping up. We really won't see too much um, until after draft day. Um but draft day, Johnny Manziel. <laughs> Had to go Drake one time real quick. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, well, since we have this filter, um, it's a great time to talk about the XFL. 
and Seattle got their first win. <laughs> that was funny. And, that was funny. Yep, that I knew you were going to. I saw it happening. It, there's nothing I could do. Anyway, Seattle got their first win. The Sea Dragons, uh, Josh Gordon, Ben DiNucci, uh, Bro Fest, Love Fest uh, is real, and I'm here for it. Uh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The XFL is gaining my respects. It, it, if you, it's a much better run league than it has been. If you make it more than what it's supposed to be, you will be disappointed. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's great for what it is. It's perfect for what it's supposed to be. Yes. And for what it is, it is great. Um, it's not the most competitive football. Well, actually, no, it is pretty competitive. It is. It's yeah. extremely competitive. All there the, really isn't. Well, by XFL standards, all these were one score games these past week. True. So, by the way, Houston. Budding dynasty. I don't know what I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> haven't, haven't lost since the Vince McMahon days. I'm telling you what. That's that's insane. No. Um, it It's exciting to see. I'm excited to have some spring football. Uh, I've only watched a couple games. Um, I always try to catch one whenever I'm... Yeah, there. and if, if I think about it, and there's nothing else that I'm watching, but you got to think about it, man. You're competing with now what, for most people, post-NFL is now time to watch basketball. It's time to watch hockey, time to watch college basketball. Baseball's about to start up. Baseball's about to start up. Now, you do have that two-month window where you're like, okay, it's just basketball and hockey. Um, on Sundays, maybe people want to watch something different. Uh, or Saturdays or and Thursdays when they play. Right. Um, so it's not, it's not obviously NFL-level talent. Now, I do love the opportunity for other players. I do love that the USFL still is here. Um, you are allowing players who may not were perfectly ready for the NFL to develop a little bit more and hopefully make the leagues. We've seen some players come out of these leagues, like P.J. Walker. Um, Donald Parham for the Chargers. Uh, Kevontae Turpin. Kevontae Turpin. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's uh, I love it more as an opportunity for underdeveloped players. And um, I think that's really all it's going to be. The XFL is doing something great where they already have a partnership with the NFL yep. to test out rules and stuff like that. I think that partnership gets deeper. I think it ends up becoming a feeder league for the for the NFL, um, especially if you can get the USFL in on this. You can merge both leagues and eventually, hopefully, have a feeder team for every NFL team. I think, ideally, that's where this should go. The NFL is the only league without a feeder obviously because college football is so talented but the same thing it's the same same thing in college basketball and they still have the feeders there's more talent in hockey everywhere around the world than there would be if college hockey was huge mm -hmm. um and they still have three feeder leagues and look at mlb yep i mean th there's no reason that you should not have a level to develop talent to give young players an opportunity to continue developing and to make money off of something that they're very, very good at. You're obviously not making NFL money, but damn it, you deserve something. Absolutely. I think I, we talked about it last week when you weren't here, AJ McCarron's story, yes. wanting to play for his kids, you know, so they could actually see him. Yes. Um, speaking of which, you're in, you, the Arlington Renegades are in the game of the week against the Battle Hawks, so make sure you tune into that uh, Sunday, March 12th. Oh, that's also my brother's birthday. So happy there early birthday, Connor. Yeah. But yeah, uh, XFL, cool right now. Cool. <laughs> it's cool. It's there. Um, I'll catch a game every once in a while. Not something I'm moving my schedule around for, making plans for. Um, but the only game I might plan to watch is the championship. You know? Fair. But it 
it's hard with only eight teams. You know, it's small, it's new, it's fresh, but I think it's in good hands with The Rock and Danny Garcia. Um, I think they're going to do great things with it. And I do believe that relationship with the NFL is going to grow. Um, but that's all I got there, man, <laughs> to be honest with you. No, that was honestly great. Now we can get to your favorite segment. Man, college basketball. It's really good. A um, couple big stories. Look, I and <laughs> I talked about it when it happened to UT. Um, oh, wow. University of... No, it still doesn't work. Um, but Mark Adams at Texas Tech has been suspended uh, for allegedly spitting on a player and also making some racially insensitive remarks. Um, and I believe Mark Adams has coached his last game in Lubbock. Um, and if he did say those things, I fully agree with it. I don't. Allegedly. Also, yeah, allegedly. obviously all this is alleged. Same thing with Beard. But um, yeah, I, there should be no room for that, no matter what. Um, but for the first time as a Texas Tech fan, <laughs> I'm not fully relying on basketball for my happiness uh, <laughs> because football is something that has been more competitive this last year, and I can see us being more competitive again next year. And so, um, yeah, it sucks. Um, I hate it for the players who dedicate their time and a whole season um, to a coach and something like this happens. I hated it like that with Beard in Texas. I hate it anytime there's something like this happening around um, the leagues. It's, it sucks, and um, those young kids don't deserve it. Nope. And um, I hope moving forward things get figured out, that Texas Tech can figure something out for these young kids. Um, young men, um, and that, yeah, I mean, that's really all the news that there is on it now. Um, but yeah, it could be the downfall of a program that for the last six years has been extremely competitive and if it happens, it happens. It, it sucks to say it hurts my heart, yeah, yeah, but heard in your voice, a little bit. um, it's, it's okay. Um, you want to get in some life? I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a baby about it. Um, okay. So. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, conference tournaments, Coming up, excited for it. Um, what were you gonna say, Colin? I was just gonna r roll off the top ten. Go, Houston one, UCLA. Shout out to UCLA, the Bruins two, Usla, Kansas number three, Alabama four, Purdue five, Marquette six, Texas seven, Arizona eight, Gonzaga nine, Baylor ten. Uh, just to round out the top ten, uh, shout out North Texas. We got a vote this week in the AP top twenty-five. Uh, and buddy, I I I know no. No, <laughs> no, not anybody. Because here's, <laughs> I I know where I'm going with this. I know a well, I know where you're going with this. But B, listen, Grant, we love you. We wish you'd stay here forever. Realistically, I know that ain't gonna happen. Like he's an aspirational guy. Like he wants to, you know, grow to the best or best basketball coach he can be. Just don't, please, for the sake of this show and the fact that I do a podcast with this dude, please don't leave for a certain uh, school in Lubbock, uh, definitely talking about uh, ACU or one of those. Other <laughs> LCU. LCU, yeah. Uh, so uh, please, please don't. Um, thank you. Uh, anyways, moving on to the conference. That's tournament. exactly <laughs> who I want to coach Texas Tech is Grant McCaslin. Anyways. Uh, I know. All right, moving on to the tournaments. Uh, I think the AAC tournament is the easiest pick of them all. Houston. Houston. 
Although um, Memphis did give them a, t- a tough test the other night. But Memphis is Memphis is all has been competitive um almost every year. Um so yeah. Um the ACC. A lot of we got a little mixed bag here cuz Duke's not quite at the level they're at. Obviously North Carolina uh their fall from grace speaking of which um last season uh currently in the odds Duke is favorite at plus 270, Miami plus 350. And then Virginia also matches them. Crazy things happen in conference tournaments. I'm taking NC State. Wow. Okay. NC State, a little. I'm plus taking North Carolina. Plus 1200. State. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I I picked Miami. Uh, what was it a couple of weeks ago when we were kind of previewing yeah. this? I'm going to roll with the Hurricanes. Go I, for it. I just have a funny feeling about this team, and I'm going to roll with them. Yep. Uh, Big East, I am taking Marquette. I can't argue with that. That is that's gonna be tough. Uh, I will say UConn does give them a tough tough out. Uh, do I? I'll go with Marquette. I'll go with Marquette as well. The Big I, Ten. I wanted to converse there, but oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna converse, but that's no, fine. No, no, no. What you were gonna say? I was. I really want to stake my claim in UConn, but I'm gonna go with Marquette. Is all I was gonna okay. Say. All right. That's fine. No, I, it's easy to go with the favorite. I always, know, but I I really do like Marquette though. The Big Ten, I think it's going to have the craziest tournament of them all. I think there's going to be some big upsets, um, and I am taking the Fighting Illini. I respect to that win pick. the Big Ten tournament. T.J. Shannon, former Texas Tech Red Raider, is a baller. He's balling out with Myers up in Indiana. I'm taking Illinois. Give me Michigan State. I think the story. I think, with I think uh, they could knock off Purdue, and I like the Spartans. Okay. All right. I like it. Now, here's the toughest one. Yes. <laughs> the Big 12 tournament. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say there, Andrew? No, no, no. Trust me. Uh, if you think I'm choosing <laughs> Texas Tech, you're nuts. I'm actually taking the University of No, you're not. I am taking the Texas to win the Big 12 tournament. We can edit that out in post, so it's fine. We're going to edit that beep out in post. Because <laughs> I heard it over here, but y'all didn't. Oh, I heard. Oh, ho, ho. Wow. Um, shocker. Uh that's a bold pick, but I like it. I'm gonna roll with the team in Waco. I'm gonna go with Baylor. With Baylor, I, I think Baylor's and the Texas team been kind of like sneakily under the radar, and I like the Bears. I still can't tell you who the hell is gonna win the national championship this year. But either way, whoever wins the Big Twelve, I mean, it's it's a dogfight. So. Yeah. Um, in the Pac-12, I'm actually taking Arizona. State. Yay. <laughs> uh, dang it. Well, I was kind of hoping you didn't do that because. Is that who you wanted to take? I, well, I wanted to for like the nostalgia, like to be like, yeah, but and I listen, I'm happy I got into the school. Hopefully I can pay for it. And hopefully I'm a, I'm, I am a student there next year. I kind of have to go with the UCLA Bruins, though. I picked them in the preseason to be. That's the OK. They're in the Big Ten. <laughs> exactly. You're right. Oh, you, you know, know what? You know what? You know who I'm choosing to win the Big 12 tournament? Arizona State. There you go. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. 
<laughs> we do have to talk about that in yep, a sec. We will. Uh, that's um, something we do have to throw in here real quick. Dude, the SEC, uh, also an extremely competitive conference this year. Um, and I am taking, and this one's hard to say. Don't do it. I'm not going to bleep it because I hate the other team more. I'm taking Texas A&M and the fight in Texas Aggies to win the SEC tournament. I thought you were going a completely different way, and I'm glad you didn't. Uh, I'm going to go with Alabama. Uh, I think despite all the no. crap that they went through. No. I No. Yes. They can't have everything. They, they are. Can't, they, can't, they, are. They, can't, they can't. They can't. They can't. No. They are. They are going to. I hate to break it to no. you. No. I hate it. But, yeah, I'm rolling. Roll Tide. Um, wow. Okay, so let's let's break down what you just kind of well, I guess we kind of just brought up. So obviously, you know, we have the big changes of Texas and OU leaving for the SEC and then the UCLA and USC leaving for the Big Ten. Yeah. But now there's rumors that the Big 12 will looking to expand with a certain four teams from the Pac-12, uh, Arizona, the border Utah, schools. Utah, Colorado, and Arizona State. So, Andrew, if this were to happen, I want to get your quick thoughts on the Big 12 becoming potentially the big, what would that be, 14, 16, whatever that is? It would be the Big 16. Okay. It would be four pods of four. Four pods of four. Uh, yes. So, in a pod system like that, yes. or in a pod conference, that kind of creates some questions with how you would handle conference tournaments, how you would handle... Absolutely. Uh, you know, rivalry games because obviously, you know, 16 teams in a conference. The pods would be. Yeah. So I want to get your thoughts, though, on the potential merger of the Pac-12 and the Big 12. I think if the if the Big 12 pulls this off, um, the Big 12 automatically becomes the third best conference in over the sports. Over the ACC. Well, I over guess, okay, you said college sports. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, no, yeah. Listen, I, I want to give respect because Clemson is Clemson, or at least in football. Uh, Miami's Miami. Uh, still want to give respect to North Carolina. I want to give respect to Duke, all these teams. Yeah. But the Big 12 overall, I mean, they would. Oh, I think the Big 12 in basketball easily becomes the best conference. Easy. And, Easy. and they will remain that way for a long time. For the foreseeable future. Oh, my God. Arizona? Yep. Utah, yep, and you're already adding Houston. Arizona State might be a uh, Arizona State <laughs> might be a might be a postseason team here. Yeah, I know that is a wild thing to think about. Uh, and yeah, we would be me, you, and Brendan would be conference rivals. Or yeah, or yes, no. What? Brendan's dipping. Oh yeah, that's right. Brendan is. Brendan getting out. Brendan, they're not going to be competitive in the SEC. It doesn't matter. They will eventually. They oh, they oh, oh. they are going to be competitive before the university of will be. Bold take, but I mean, can't really argue with kind of everything. I mean, history. Yeah. So, but yeah, a lot of stuff. Obviously, the conference tournament is right around the corner. Can't wait. I think we had some nice predictions there. No, it, I, yeah, I obviously hot takes, but I, I'd love conference tournament season. It's champ week. Um, the conference tournament, I think, is a lot of fun because 
you have teams who are extremely competitive and really good at college basketball. Um, but then you also have the teams that know that their only chance to making the madness, to making the big dance, their only chance to be cutting down the nets and watching their video on one shining moment is to win the tournament. You get some dogs showing up. You get some dogs. Dogs. <laughs> right? Yep. You get some dogs. They start coming up. They start showing out. Teams know that this is their only chance. And teams make runs. And they knock off the big dogs. I have an idea for like the episode right before March Madness for us. Yeah. And I cannot wait to bring it onto the show because it is going to be so entertaining. Oh man, we're gonna have to do a tournament challenge. No, it's um, it, but I've got a special idea for it. So just bear with me. Okay, it's coming. I really hope Brennan's here for that one. But chances are, I'm only gonna get one of you. So we'll just have to make it work. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Look, man, I love college basketball. I will always love college basketball. I'm extremely, extremely excited to see. This year's tournament. I think this might be one of the best tournaments in recent history. Because, I, like I said, and like we've been talking about, I genuinely do not know who is going to win. I'm about to say something for the first time in my sports life. Go. I hope both my teams get in. Wow. I know. I know. I know. That's so out of the normal for me. But Colin does are. not have two teams in anything. But I do in college, technically. Technically. I mean, that's what a Masters does, man. Yeah. That's what a Masters does. Uh, it may come down. I'm not a little just side point here. It may come down to like one scholarship well. that I could potentially. Because if I were to get it, I I'm going. Let's put it that way. Let's go. Like I just and I just figured that out too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank, thanks everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. you guys have been quiet this whole yeah. episode. That's crazy. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, but that's kind of nuts. Yeah, it's due it by the end of this month. So just got to get that all figured out, and yeah, we'll go from there. That's awesome, man. Very excited for you. I know Good Time Sports Nation is excited for you too. Yeah, we'll so. have to do some virtual pod. Or something. Something. Something, man. If you're going to be all the way out into AZ. Bro, listen, I, I could get a little portable mic or something. Tempe? No, so I would be in downtown Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix. Is that where their school of journalism is? It is, downtown. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm planning on touring their campus uh, sometime this month. So Nice. I will be out there. It's exciting, hopefully, brother. Hopefully next week, low key. Nice. So we'll see. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> all right. Uh, no, I wasn't trying to cut okay. you off or anything. Oh, okay. um, I thought you were going to play like a sound or something. No. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. I'm just kidding. You can't <laughs> skip out on that. I'm kidding. Can't scare I'm the few just joking. Listeners. I'm just joking. Um, on this day in sports, Neymar, 17-year-old Neymar, made his debut for Santos. And the rest is history. On this day... On this day, in 2016, Peyton Manning announces his retirement from the Denver Broncos and the NFL. 
Uh, Peyton, you're one of the four greatest quarterbacks. You're on the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks, in my opinion, that have ever played this game. We appreciate all the memories you gave us. Is Pat Mahomes on the Mount Rushmore? Yeah. Uh, same. No, yeah, we don't have anybody that... Would negate that? Not on not on the show today. No. Me, me and you are, I think, dead step on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Vikings, I think third. Vikings fans are disgusting. I think third. Third is where he I, should be. I agree. And he could move very much move up. Very quickly. By the end of it, yeah. Um, on this day in 1996, the one, the only, the greatest point guard to ever play the game, Magic Johnson, is the second NBA player to ever reach 10,000 assists. Can you repeat that? What was he? The greatest point guard. See, because I could have sworn a man that I knew that named Andrew used to say that this other guy that plays in Golden State was the... Sorry, guys. There's some technical difficulties here. Um, We lost Colin's mic. Don't know what happened. (laughs) What's happening, Andrew? What's Crazy! I don't know what no, happened. Oh my that's goodness! That's nuts. That's dude. Our equipment just went kaput. Wait, did you actually turn me up? Yeah. Did you? Yes. <laughs> Andrew said that Steph Curry was the best point <laughs> guard all time. Anyways, uh, on this day, back in 1986, I gotta pay Brennan his respects while he's not here. Uh, Wayne Gretzky breaks own NHL season record with his 136th assist. That's insane. That's the great one. Pretty wild. Oh, can I? Uh, I know one that you can end on. And if you go to 1982, you'll know which one I'm talking about. 1982. 1982. Just making sure there's not a better one. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's not the tournament being. That's still noteworthy. If you if you won't say it, I'll say That's it. That's true. No, you know what? Selection Sunday is a big deal, baby. We love Selection Sunday in this house. In 1982, the NCAA tournament selection was televised live for the first time. Imagine knowing they selected the teams and like you're having to wait for like the newspaper for in the, the news to paper. Well, uh, <laughs> did you say the news the paper? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. That's funny. <laughs> News the paper. <laughs> they sound like one of the mice from like fucking Snow White. <laughs> oh the my news god. The paper. Holy uh. shit. <laughs> oh my god, dude. These sound effects are just way too fun. Oh. This is incredible. God, I'm having a lot of fun. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in on another episode. This one went very long. Me and Colin found a lot to talk about. We got deep into each topic. Um, If you skip through, I don't care. Thanks for listening. Um, But from everyone here at the Good Time Sports Pod, uh, my name is Andrew Maloney with my co-host, Colin Brown and our assistant, Brendan Carson. Thank you for listening. Follow us on all social media. We can't wait to record another pod for you. And until next time, peace.